Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. Full of um, All right, all right, all right, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got the things going, dude. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Right. And I am the Bourbon Cowboy, and this I am Viking on deck. He's on deck. He saw Top Gun last week. Right. <laughs> uh, coming back from his slick trick at Red Rocks, there's the Bourbon Cowboy, and of course we have... The Root. The yeah. Root. <laughs> he said The Root. That's not I don't know who I The Root is. Oh, The Root from uh, the Galaxy thing? Root. Right? Groot? 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 Yeah. No, it's the Mad Russian. I, I am Groot. I don't know what he's mad about, but he's the Mad Russian. Blech. Yeah, Matt Russian's here. Um, we're going to have a very fun, entertaining podcast today. Uh, we're going to run through a couple of different things. We are featuring Jake Wyatt cigars. Um, we're all starting with the Appendix 2, which is the Connecticut um, with, I believe it's Habano accents. I'll have to double check on that wow, in a second. Wow, it smells amazing. Yeah, um, we're going to dive into this, but I will tell you that Jake White, this is a small company that uses small families in Honduras and the Dominican Republic to create these unique, fun cigars. And we'll dive into them when we get going. But uh, starting with that today, we are going to pour Lit Cigar Lounges. Oh, we're here at Lit. I should say that. We're on the patio at Lit, looking at the soon-to-be-deceased Polo building. Uh, I think that Yeah, and just so you know, we don't have backup team like showing us notes and shit or yeah. whatever. No script. Yeah. We're just pretty much, uh, yeah, out here doing it on our own. Right. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Lit Cigar Lounge's newest barrel pick. Uh, and that was their Woodford Reserve pick. So we'll go ahead and get those poured. Mark, you all cut up? Yeah. yeah. You good? Okay. Just pull my lighter out. Um, yeah, this coming off, uh, the Bourbon Cowboy was in Colorado. Uh, he was at Red Rocks for the weekend, seeing Stick Figure, Michael Fronte, The Movement, High Ride, um, a couple of other pretty sweet Elevators, Galactic. It was... A epic. lot of that background music you hear on here all the time, he was seeing all of them. So, that was good. Um, we, had a, we had a good turnout for our event last week uh, at the Legends Country Club. That was good. Thanks for everybody that came out for that. Um, so kind of cool to start with another Woodford there. We did a, uh, we do the wheat or we did the malt, the malt, rye, the rye, and the double oak. Yeah, double oak's gotten expensive, man. I saw it at Deerbrook for seventy four dollars. Double oak, it's crazy. I don't remember it being seventy four dollars. No. And I think I can comfortably say I bought like one or two bottles of that in my life, but I don't remember it being seventy four dollars. That's what twelve year McAllen used to cost. <laughs> I don't want to jump off topic, but you were talking about what you were spending on the bottles and whatever, but I was out in Colorado and saw all the High West bottles. Every label on the High West um, line is all gone now. The old school stuff is all gone. It's all new now. That new abstract like, yeah. artist? The Rendezvous, it's like a new abstract 
and I really personally don't care. I don't for like it. it. It's weird. Yeah, I like like call me call me plain Jane. I like the campfire bottle. Had a campfire. Well, you know, I mean, they kind of took for me. They kind of took the West out of Western. Now yeah, it's it. like it's a horse, but it's contemporary because it's contemporary right. artwork now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and isn't each one supposed to be like local artists or it something? It probably too? is, but they are all like, I think the one that kind of started with um, their new um, quote scotch or single single malt. Oh yeah, you sent a picture um, called, um, I, I don't even know. I mean, I hate to say that on this show, but it was just so non-interesting to me to now they're doing a single malt whiskey and it's like contemporary art. I mean, and of course they've sold it, right? It's a new ownership or whatever, but. So it's not, it's not family owned anymore? Well, I'm sure they have a certain percentage of it right. still, whatever, but uh, the artwork, I just don't think is as impressive as what, it, I mean, the Yippie Kaye, um, I mean, they used to the give cards. Cowboy. It, it was, was just super, the artwork was really Western artwork. This is like Western pictures Done right. contemporary. That would be like taking Midwinter's Night Dram and removing the Shakespearean like page turner and putting you know emojis and and like getting Pollock to do some work yeah, no, on like, Winter's Dram. No, leave it alone. It's kind of weird, but anyway. Yeah. I that's just was kind of a side note. One of my observations out there, which I, I know none of us have seen all the new ones. No, but they're I, out there. The they're only one, in three packs. I think that. Uh, American Prairie, maybe? Rendezvous? Well, American Prairie has always been... Has that always been kind of a single malt? I thought American Prairie was just a... Uh, or a whiskey. Well, it's got a, it's got kind of a scotch feel to it. Oh. But yeah, this new one, I don't know if it's called Mountain Sky or Mountain something. I don't know. When it, come, when it comes to the only time I have anything other than Yippee-Ki-Yay, Borai, or Midwinters is like... Uh, the Russian has brought us a lot of those um, barrel selects from Missouri, and it's always like, right. it's like American Prairie or it's uh, Rendezvous, um, Rendezvous Rye, American Prairie. I am missing one down there. Well, there's Double Rye Rendezvous. Ah, double Rye. That's the one I was yeah. missing. Double Rye. So I was at Schnooks this morning, and um, they've got a new load of. Uh, what did you call it, Burai? Yeah, I, I say Borai. I don't, I don't Burai, know. Burai, Borai. But you said Burai, and that kind of seemed to turn more heads. And you've also well, they got a new, there, so they got a new bunch of those in there. So I need to get that. I somehow have one left over. It may be from when we went to Craft. Um, mm-hmm. The guy gave us like there was a little bit. Left. Yeah, we got like the last three, four quarters. And I, I think I, I think I, we're done with that, but. Yeah, I've got. I really like that bottle. That's that's worth. Yeah, I need bunch. to. I want to go over there and get a couple of those. The bottle I have has it's probably about half empty. But that's I think that was one of the first High West bottles I had bought. You had got me a Yippie Kaye bottle. Then I went and bought a Yippie Kaye bottle. Then I bought the Borai Burai whatever it was. That's why I have that. But all right, well let's cheers this Woodford. Uh, so you mentioned the, the uh, campfire one because that the campfires are super smoky. Right? No, but I know that one, the, the label because uh, when I met Dave Perkins, he told me the inspiration for the label. That was a cowboy joke. It was pretty funny. Oh, okay. And then I asked, I asked once at a 
I like it. I it's like bodied it. up, man. It's bodied I up. I tell you what, it's what's really is when you take it in on your palate, it likes go it, it kind of goes like shuts down for a second and then it just opens up into these floral and sweet flavors and yeah. you get all the caramel there's and, a, in this there's a unique honey to me do you get honey? right there's like honey. florally honey sweetnesses yeah and it just kind of blooms in your mouth and but it shuts down for just a second and then it just blooms in there and then I don't get much down the pipe but that's probably because it's a 90 something proof 90 uh, yeah proof. probably but I mean and it's really it's really good it's enjoyable yeah. yeah I like and it's and again this is one of those unique things like Woodford's a very popular brand like I know a lot of I actually it's interesting I've met since I know I've met a lot of people where Woodford is like their their base bourbon right um, I compare this like I do to Larson okay Woodford is better than Larson I'm not saying that but the distinct difference that is immediate between just flagship Larson okay Versus when Lynn had their barrel pick, right? We picked it out that quick. You know what I mean? This is the same way. This is this is like a Woodford to me that is just. I mean, maybe it's just a little less aging. That's what's in a double oak. You know, it's on its way to that thick. I just think it's barrel selection. Flavor. They get in there, and they get with the guys in the overalls that are walking around working well, the honey barrels. So Woodford is interesting. I was a, I got to be a part of this one. So the way Woodford does their picks, um, and I hope I'm gonna nail this right, not screw this up too bad, but every Woodford barrel pick is technically a double barrel. So you will taste through three barrels, you'll find the one you like the most, then you will take that one and then you will blend it with the other two barrels, each one with each other until you find the blend you like the most. Then that blend, those two barrels will go together age that's your barrel pick so it's still a unique single barrel selection but you're actually doing a little bit of your own single barrel blending to get to it makes sense which is just a little different than you know we go into the rick house there's 10 barrels we go okay no yes no yes no go back no 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 yes then you, go, then you land on one you buy it, you know so all right so what we're smoking this is the appendix two from Jake White Cigars. Personally, I think this is the lightest of the offering. They do have a Candela, but I think the Candela's got more body to it. Um, this is fun. So, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, I really want to make sure I have this right because they do the accents and everything. So, an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, okay? And then all this that you see here, these kind of rings, these are what they call accents. Okay, so it's a Mexican For taste profile. Mexican Sandres accent, yeah. So every now and then, like personally, not so much with this cigar, but like on the USIR and on the fourth dimension that's got the candela, when you smoke into them, you'll get a you'll get this quick pop of flavor here and there. But one thing I want to give them credit to is they call these accents out. They tell you the accents on there, right? Whereas if you remember the craft 21 boxes or 20 boxes rather that first round of boxes we got that had all the striping and everything on it when you looked at the blend information on it it just said the wrapper was ecuador and connecticut and habano well in all actuality the wrapper is ecuador and connecticut and then there are strips of habano glued to the top you know so the accents are a little fun i think if you pay close enough attention to it 
you'll get some different pops and flavor as you smoke through them. Yeah. But solid Toro though, right? I mean, yeah, it's, and it's really, a beautiful cigar. Yeah. And it's so funny. I mean, I guess when I look at labels, I, you know, I'm judging our labels against other labels. Um, everything in here is so like when you do lines on a label there's like um, I don't know how how far they get it down to like millimeters or whatever but the lines that are in this is just a straight-up black label but the lines are like the smallest of a millimeter even the JW is extremely small and then other labels I've seen are bigger and but this really works nice for this cigar um i like it yeah the appendix appendix any i backstory i, do, on why I, it's I appendix? do not know i don't know um when ryan jumps in here he'll be able to give us a little background on this he knows some of the guys at jake wyatt but these guys these, this is one of those companies that like i had seen floating around on social media for a while like uh, the Project Carbon cases, Alan that does these cases, he's good friends with those guys. So you, I was seeing a bunch of them in his, when he would post his new Project Carbon cases, in his little posed picture, you would see a bunch of Jake Wyatt's, you know? Um, and it was cool when they contacted the shop, they got up with me, got up with Andrew, Brian, got up with everybody and ordered them in and they've been flying like very quickly going through them really quickly. I think that's really an interesting dial uh, idea, the way they wrapped uh, the taste, you know, because that's where your mouth's going to be. Yeah. Right around the cap there to do that, which gives it some extra flavor, and that's going to be there pretty much through the whole smoke. It is, and that's where I said it's very unique. So maybe on the podcast might not be the best time to do it, but if, when you smoke it, smoke through it and kind of see if you draw any quick distinction that changes right so maybe one time you put the cigar in your mouth there's just more moisture in your mouth and you're going to pull more off the wrapper right suddenly you're going to taste some of this accent you know so maybe okay. it's dry yeah. maybe it's you know i don't know but. so without that you've got i don't know maybe an appendix one or whatever i don't know what they call them well i'm sure there was a one there's a is this a two or a three two two anyway so without that, you got just the regular cigar, you're doing no bourbon. So you're getting flavor profile through just smoking that. Then you add the bourbon, right, to the mix. Now you're getting something to play off the bourbon and the regular cigar. Now you add this really well-defined other taste profile that's added to the cap um, that's gonna be there through the whole cigar. That's pretty unique. I think it's pretty cool. I, I think it's super cool. And look at the attention to detail of how it's put on there right and it's how many times have you seen a cigar good. that's got an accent and you can just you can find the piece that's sticking up right but again we're not bashing romacraft you love romacraft but that, remember that first box of crafts that we did or maybe yeah. it was the 20 wasn't 20 it was 21 yeah because i had pulled them they were great yeah it was candela and uh a scur on those and on the whichever one where the scurl was prominent all the candela was glued on and you pulled it up and you cut it and you could literally just kind of flick 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 you could just peel the yeah. tobaccos off well you've given me a cigar like this and i haven't smoked yet maybe it's called the beehive 
Oh, that's the killer bait. Yeah, it's got a similar difference with the killer bee is that that those wrappers are wrapped together. Those are full leaves that are wrapped in. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the killer bee's also got that candela on the bottom that shag seals over the bottom, and then you see it at the top too. Yeah. Mark, what do you think of the cigar so far, man? Turn that mic towards you. There you go. It's lighter than the kind that I normally pick, but it's good. Um, well, I mean, it, it's it's starting to break a little bit on the side, but that's not a big deal. It's still it's still smoking fine. Are you having fizzing on yours? Yeah. Look at that. Wow. I don't know, mine's yeah it is but again that's why when me and mark were on the hooligan and mind you we only went through six eight and we had two breaks like that and it was a but serious the, concern but, but, but one of the differences like when i when i texted you last week when i was smoking that I don't remember what it's called, but but uh, the it, it was it actually became kind of hard to draw um, because I because I I I'd draw from from the cap and the the smoke was channeling through the the, the fissure on the side. Yeah, that can be an issue. Yeah, that can be an issue. That's not happening in this um, case. And that and see, and that's the thing too. Like when you look at fissures or you look at cracking in the in the wrapper. Uh, Ecuador, Connecticut tends to be a little tougher than, than you know, uh, USA, Connecticut. But even still, you know, it could have been put into the box. It could have happened when they were pulled out. Um, could have just been pressed a little. Um, you don't know. Or, you know, again, I've said this a million times. You know the beautiful thing about something handmade? Some of it's bound to be fucked up. You well, know? and, and, it, and it's, it's full leaves that are, that are pulled pretty tight. So. Right, right. But overall, yeah, no, like I said, I think this is the lightest version of it. But in what we're going to be doing today, how I think it's really cool how we're progressing through proof strengths. I think it'd be really cool to start light um, with something that I think has got a pretty good body to it. There's a good amount of flavor to this. I cigar. do too. Um, you know what you Lars says about cigars? He says a lot about cigars. I know that. <laughs> but he goes, every cigar is like a woman. You just really don't know what you're going to get until you get into it. <laughs> Each cigar has its unique personality, and you just have to smoke it. And Some don't work out, and some do. And that's what is so beautiful about smoking cigars. And then he goes, that's why I got four phones, three girls, and eight cigars. But that's know. only one page in the book, so there's many more. <laughs> that, was the, that was the intro. Now we'll go to page one. Right. <laughs> Um, no, I think it slams really well with the Woodford. Um, this, well, you know, this is kind of drying out a little. No, 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 it's not the cigar, like my palate. It's kind of drying the palate out a little bit, bringing on a really unique, um, like, I don't want to say cedar because it's not cedar, but like a semi-sweet wood. And then you hit it with, like, all the honey I pull out of that. It's, it's good. It's like a honey bread. I'm trying to let this, like my cap and around where I'm putting it in my mouth I'm trying to keep it out of my mouth and, and let it kind of stay nappy seems like I'm pulling more flavor out of it that way but anyway I wanted to mention that when we first 
all of us were getting together when we were first going down to the cowboy bar, I had picked up a um, bottle of Woodford Reserve, exactly like that. And it was a barrel pick from Match that yes, we yeah, all yeah. got to enjoy in that. And I mean, I've had Woodford, it's it's a fantastic, I feel like it's kind of a, for guys who are wanting to start into the bourbon field and whatever, it's a great place to start. Especially like our night the other night, you were able to get a, a 90 proof rye, who Woodford is so well known. You, you got to uh, do some malt, you got to do a rye, and then a double oak. And then to get into some of these, which we all know now that barrel picks are, are just great because we can't all find the great bottles. But his was really special and different too. And he is big time friends with the master distiller at Woodford. Am I crazy? Do I have this right? And I would have brought that if I'd have known we were gonna do that. That today. Woodford is Willet? No. Willet stands alone. That's its own distillery. Woodford. Oh own. no, I'm I'm mixing up Noah's Mill and Rowan's Queek. Noah's Creek Mill are part of Willet yes. Bonds yes. Mill and Willet. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Bardstown, right. Willet, Noah. Ah, that's what all it was. that. Bardstown. Bardstown. All that's Willet. Okay. I gotta say, the retro on the scar is really cool, and the construction's great. I mean, it's holding up really well. Nice windy out here. Not bad, but it's holding up well. It's good. I like it. This could be a solid morning, and uh, this will this will mess you all up. It's uh, a Dominican cigar. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I tend to like a little more, uh, a little more layers of, and I hate to say spice, but something. Um, but overall, man, it's a really good cigar. I was going to compare it to another one, and then I was like, stop, don't uh, even. Uh, but no, um, yeah. I get a, I do get a cool popcorn, kind of grainy, buttery taste from it, which is fun. I've been kind of finding that a lot lately with some of these uh, cigars that are coming out that are using that Ecuador and Connecticut. And then uh, not specifying Dominican tobaccos, but I think this good combination there's this buttery texture that's coming from the cigar, which is which is fun. It's unique. It's different. Um, but so far, I'm pleased with it, man. I really do. What I like about the Woodford is it's not overly sweet. It's not like take, <coughs> a more extreme comparison was when I was in Oklahoma. There's a there's a bourbon produced there. It was like Old Moses or something like that. It was it was it was it was it was pretty good, but it didn't taste like bourbon at all. It really, if 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 you had handed it to me blind, and you know the, the same sort of guess guess which bottle it is on the back part, I, it tasted like a cognac. It, Whoa. Um, but well, it's weird how some things can do that, though, right? So, like for example, our event this weekend at AP, Mad Russians mixing up some cocktails using Judgment Tree. Right? So speaking of Judgment Tree, you had brought that brandy to that podcast. And I've said this, I will never forget. I'm like, gosh, I'm not drinking brandy. Like, I'm, I'm just not doing it. He goes, dude, you gotta try it. And you pour it, 
again, if you didn't see the bottle and didn't see that it said brandy, <coughs> it was right on the cutoff it line. Was, it was a, I mean, it was a. Sweet it was like bourbon. teetering yeah. before, right before brandy. It like had, right it had before. the the sweetness you want in bourbon, but it wasn't thick enough to be brandy. Right, like when I look at brandy and cognac, they're like licorice. Well, they're real dense. I mean, so that's why um, there's a. Um, I can't think of the name of the brand right now. But there was a, there was there, there was a, there's a very well known uh, cognac distillery, and, and the, the the French tend to stick to what what they know, what they're good at. They they have they have their very successful standard products, but there was one cognac distillery that decided to, to, to run this experimental series for a while, and I I haven't seen a release since I don't know 2018 from them, but. They did. They they did a cognac that they that they they couldn't call it cognac because after it was aged in, in, in French oak, they they did a finishing aging in chestnut barrels, and it didn't taste like cognac anymore. Then it then it actually tasted more like bourbon. Um, it, it was it was actually really good, um, but they even they were they were even doing that. They they actually started producing gin too but not because they wanted to make gin because they decided that, that what they really wanted to do was was see what else that they, they they could produce with a gin base so i i really hope they didn't abandon that that those those two lines but it was, it was it's really fun to see what they do Sorry, I agree. You don't want to see you don't want to see product leave. You don't want to see someone stop doing something. And maybe they took the time, like you haven't seen a new release yet because it's just older, yeah. longer. Well, and they and they produced it in such small quantities because they didn't actually expect it to take off. They're, it's almost like they were doing something for fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm blending in my bathroom, and some dude down the road loved it. Well, but but I mean, how, how do you? It all starts you know, somewhere. But, but yeah, but look at look at at, at, at Bainbridge with, with Yama. If if they they didn't really set out to, to have that be their their flagship product, I mean, it's hard to find a, a, a market to say, well, th this this represents our distillery at six hundred dollars a bottle. Probably never heard of us, but you know, it's right. our, our entry point right. is six hundred bucks. Right. They, they 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 kind of did it because 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 they were excited to. to to see where it goes, and and I'm glad that they're rewarded for it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good example. That whole Bainbridge thing is, and I, th I think really like when you get into that, that was just success of some crazy distributors between California and Missouri were like, oh yeah, I'll buy three cases of that and sell it, you know. But I don't know. Actually, you know, uh, the, these uh, the. I wasn't re wasn't really excited by a whole lot of things that that, that I that I experienced in Oklahoma. And I tried to get out a lot, but um, uh, one of the things I, I I noticed though is that a lot of the the special products that have the the, the additional aging or, the, or the, the specialty aging component that are really hard to find here are abundant there. 
like I, I could walk into it there was a this really big liquor store in Oklahoma City that had you know the um, the, the old elk the sherry the, the port the, the entire line you could walk in and, and they had an abundance of that you could you could buy all of them any day of the week Wow. Well, that's crazy. He was hot. The cowboy was telling me a story yesterday about how he walked into one, one liquor store out there in Colorado, and he found a couple of bottles at just perfect prices, right? Well, I walked into one in Golden. There is a uh, Eagle Rare, 10-year Eagle Rare, $32. I'm like, I'll be taking that. I go up to the next liquor store. The same bottle is $125 for the same Eagle Rare. I go to another one called the Argonaut, I believe, and they had a bottle of seven year um, Heaven Hill, which around here, $98 to 100 if you can even find it, $48. I go to that liquor store and they had one, $125. So pricing all over the board, but everywhere you go, you'll be surprised what's on the shelf that people are not snagging for $32. I just think Eagle Rare, 10-year Eagle Rare, a 10-year product by Buffalo Trace for $32. Why is that on, how is that on the, maybe I just got lucky, I don't know. No, 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 I'll tell you right now, there are still sometimes the last two bottles of Eagle Rare I bought just happened to walk into Schnooks in Wildwood around November, they got their allocation, it's on the shelf, $34.99. But if you go do that pour somewhere, that's a $22 pour. Or if you are if, you, if you get lucky, $14, $15 a pour. Yeah, it's 12 here. But yeah. that, see, that was why it would But yeah, no, but good point though. Yeah. Good point. Well, that was like, to, to that to So that two statement, pours, you got your whole bottle. Key West, right? We love Key West, we know Key West very well. We've both eaten an AB. You go up into the boardroom, which is the bar before you get the AB Lobster House. You're sitting on that wall. Uh, we got two, Fuck, the old Ezra seven, I think, two pours. They were twenty nine dollars a piece, right? Got those. Have a scar, girls off. Go down to General Horseplay, looking at the bar. Mictors, sour mash, American whiskey, uh, straight bourbon, rye, nine dollars a pour, right? A block from each other, you know. Also in that kind of scenario. Where the hell else do you find whiskey and Key West? You don't, right? And you know, sometimes I don't mind paying a little bit more for a pour because I think you're paying a little bit for the ambiance, right? You're in an amazing place that it's a multi-million dollar bar and you're one to experience a beautiful experience. So I'm willing to pay for a pour or whatever. Um, okay, this would be a fun question. experience that. What is your markup value for ambiotic experience in a place? What would you give? Well, I'm just saying it ain't a lot, but. Right, yeah, okay. Okay, I mean. I'm the, no, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, I think mine is, I think 10 bucks. I think $10. That's pretty, if a pour, that's pretty you know, fair. If we can come here and we can get a pour for $20, and then we're sitting in, you know, leather-bound, tall, dust, blah, blah. Well, perfect example is we were in the Brown Palace Hotel, downtown Denver, with a great friend, well, uh, Julian. Silver Fox, yeah. We, that's what we call him, the Silver no, Fox. No, what did I call him? What was his name? Oh, he doesn't have any name anymore. It's not him. Julian? Well, no, that's what, ridiculous. No, no, no. I called, oh, I, no, I called him. No, what did I call him? He got mad about it. Oh, the Silver Sloth. 
Silver yeah. Swan. He didn't like that. He goes, I'm a silver oh fox. Oh my god. I'm like, All right, you're a slow fox. Anyway, <laughs> I fought the cigars and that were a little overpriced. But then again, I said to myself, okay, listen, you're paying a little bit more, but any if we walked off the street and wanted to smoke in this room, it's a twenty-five, thirty dollar smoke room. Like they would pay to let you smoke. Maybe, maybe they would charge you more. I don't know, but right. normally 25, 30 bucks, you want to come smoke in our room. So I just upped it up to an upcharge, even though we're staying at the hotel and the room and the service was amazing. Right. I mean, these guys were yes or no, sir. Beck and call would make the drinks perfect. Light our cigars, cut them, go get them. We never had to get out of our chair. And I was just like, well, it, it was fantastic. It's nice to treat yourself to a little do nice. You, do you enjoy that? Every someone once while someone I do. getting your scar, cutting it, lighting it? Well, he cut it right at the table. Oh, okay. You know, oh, he, okay. he came over, you know, yeah. I think it's okay once in a while. I'm not a big fan of it, but for that night, it was pretty good. I absolutely... No. Yeah. Give me my shit. Actually, well... No. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that when, when you suggested... When I went to Shelley's the first time, they... When I asked if I could go in the humidor, they they looked at me strangely. Like, that, that that's it, it reminded me of uh, when I tried to pump my own gas the first time I went to New Jersey. Yeah, you can go to jail for that, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I just I didn't ask anybody. I just did it, and then and then the you know the woman you know pulls up to the to the, the pump, and she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with this place? You mean you got to pump your own gas?" I, I'm like, "Yeah, princess, you got to pump your own gas," and then. And then the guy comes up to me and he's like, he's like, hey, can I help you? Like, no thanks. He's like, can I do that for you? Like, no thanks. I've never pulled at any place. Well, I, I, I think New Jersey. You're not allowed to pump your own gas in New Jersey. Oh, that's really unique. I yeah, never knew that. I think that is still the only place left where it's literally, you can be arrested. Charges filed against you for theft of gas. We pump your own gas. Wow, I yeah. never knew that. That's well, interesting. And so, the, well, because even here in the state of New Jersey, right? If you walk out, you know how you're filling your tank, right? Yeah. It empties, and you're like 79, 37, so you run it up to 80. Nope. That clicker stops. It's all the gas you're getting. Put it up. Put it up. It's done, and then you pay. They'll stand there. They'll take your card. Like you're in the car, okay? Pumps right here. They'll take your card, run it. Ask if your 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 uh, zip code. <laughs> pop it in, pull the card, hand it to you. Receipt? Yes, no. Hand you the receipt. Say, have a nice day. Do they still clean your windshields? Yeah. Yeah, right on. At least they do that. And then, they they seem. I I wasn't even sure if if they what the custom was then. Like are you supposed to tip them. I mean, because they're doing you the weird service, but. But, but then, but, I'm not but, tipping anybody to pump me five dollars a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at Shelley's in, in DC, it, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty nice atmosphere. But that you don't you don't go to the the, the, the humidor. You you order a cigar from the menu, and they, yeah. they bring it to you. And they now that's another thing too. Like when you talk about somebody cutting your cigar, I like to go get my own cigar in the humidor. Me too. I mean, that's like an experience that is part of the whole deal, right? Um, so I really like that. I mean, now, for example, like Burn down in Naples, you can go pick your own cigar, but um, you, then you hand it to them and they'll cut it, give you any cut you want, they hand it back to you, and then do you want us to light it or do you, they'll hand you the light or you light it, whatever. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. And that's mind. pretty medium road right there. Yeah, I don't mind that because that's option of service. You know, like if we're, we're in here, we'll have guys come in all the time. Like, hey, do you mind cutting this for me? Like, I'm give shit. Yeah, I'll cut it for you. You know, but I like I've been in places where you get the cigar, they grab the cigar, they'll cut it, and they'll just start lighting. I'm like, yo, especially if stop. you're kind of a novice, and you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm how many times. You hand them the cutter, and then they cut like a half inch off the end. Oh well, they did it for mom. We were at Riverside outside Louisville. I was, I'm I was like, getting, I guess oh I was God, getting. Oh my God, that guy drinks. just ruined that. Dude walks over, he's like, "Hey, can I cut that lighting for you?" He goes, "Yeah." I, I swear to God, I heard it. I swear I heard it. Like a half inch just flipped up in I the air. I come back and she's like, like sucking for dear life. Like the, the snorkel is clogged for dear life. It's like it won't. Whole things flared up. There's like that much fucking cigar. <laughs> I'm like, dude. He goes, she said she wanted a regular cut. You got a fucking machete back here? Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Below the band, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the cut line. You didn't know that you cut below where the band is. Right? That's how you know where to cut it. You know? uh, we, were, we were over at the uh, rat run, and some guy says, uh, "Hey, can I borrow that big cutter? Because I did have one that had the big hole." And he goes, and he just cut his whole cigar in half. He goes, I'm saving that for later. I'm like, whatever, bro. Yeah. And then there's the girl. I didn't even want to get into it. There's a girl smoking this cigar. She's like, hey, so if I just set this down, can I come back to it later? Like, oh, yeah, fine. She goes, awesome. She walks away to watch her. She runs up to the sidewalk and goes, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what to say right now. All right, hang on. So, uh, guys, I want to introduce our guest today. This is Ryan. The uh, okay. hey Ryan, <laughs> the, uh, Sorry, the Miami hating Cuban. That's what I'm gonna give. That's his nickname, the Miami hating Cuban. It's a fact. It's a fact, though. It's, it's fact. Re real life. I've, I've seen it happen in real life. Um, so, did you grab a? Are you doing a Phoenix? What should I grab? No, it doesn't matter. You just have you have a Jake White, right? I, yes, sir. I grabbed okay, the um the Herbert Spencer. I, I didn't know if you're gonna like move to the Herbert Spencer, so I grabbed this. Don't no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Go go ahead and you jump sure? on that. We want to talk some. Uh, Deeper, Jake. Why? I know you know some of the uh, like Hodge had a question about Appendix Two and if there was a one. Well, I'm like just that. curious about how long they've been out. You know, how big a company, how many cigar lines, whatever. So, uh, when I first met uh, Jake, why I went to the uh, the PCA uh, a couple years ago. I had no idea who they were and um, what now. So. Some people don't know what the PCA is. What PCA is, is now the Premium Cigar Association that used to be International Pipe Cigar Retailer yeah, Trade Show, IPCPR. It's the big Vegas trade show every year. And it's year. the Vegas trade show, right. Yes, so that's what everybody knows when we're talking PCA shit. Um, so that's the first time I met them. Um, I know by fact, I think they they started in 2020, so they're still pretty new to the market. And I would say like for a Dominican Puro brand that I hate to say is like not really popular right now. I mean, I think everybody would agree that Nicaraguan is king. Like, I yeah, baby. I, I hate to admit, it, I'm, a, I'm an Opus guy. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, um, he's a Pete Johnson guy now. Yeah, he, guys run me. Um, but they started in 2020. Uh, I know Neil used to be like an MLB catcher, so he used to play like pro ball. Uh, Gerard uh, was a firefighter. I'm pretty sure he still is. Uh, but they were super cool guys. Uh, the first fact I found out about them that uh, was that they were similar to Alec Bradley in the sense that Jake Wyatt was the names of their two sons. So I think it's oh cool. Yeah, Jake is one of their sons, and Wyatt is another one of their sons. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, something they did different that kind of stood out to me is uh, the nuances, like the uh, the flavor profile, the shelf talkers that they do. Nobody really does. I mean, from my understanding, like those like really complex like notes, like you know, amaretto and almond and nutty and sweet and all that. And uh, one thing Gerard said to me that really stuck out was uh, they blended for uh, flavor, not strength. He said, if you want to smoke something because it's strong, go smoke a cigarette. That's, you know, I'm 50-50 on that. Like, I like stuff with some power to it. But yeah. um, for me, like, I would say that the the guy that wants to pair, like, a drink with these smokes, like, these smokes are in. Like, I feel like those nuances that you might get um, are well worth it. I love Jack White, man. I think yeah. they're really No, good. they're good. They're good. I The one thing I had said is I had said I think that this is the lightest of them. I do think that Fourth Dimension is a bolder cigar, personally. Yeah. I think the flavor, the flavor contrast is bigger. Um, but one thing that I did say that I really appreciate with Jake Wyatt is they don't hide the accent. They talk about the accent tobaccos they apply to the wrapper. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about the, the um, comparison I used was like when Kraft did their 21s, or Roma Kraft did the Kraft 21s, they called them Candela Oscuro wrapper cigars. Yeah. Whereas on one you had an Oscuro with Candela glued on accents, the other you had a Candela with Oscuro glued on accents, right? And the attention to detail on this, like, Cowboy and I were talking. You can't, you can't pull this up. You yeah. know, like it's very well, yeah. very well attached and set in place. Where most of the time, when you see that, I mean, it's no big deal to walk up and just kind of start pulling it off. Yeah, it falls you off. Know, if you've worked on it, I'm yeah. sure, but it's not, it's not chipping away. It's not pulling away. Yeah. Um, Cowboy, what did you ask about? Well, I was just curious. Is this a five-year company or? And how many lines? Twenty twenty. Since twenty twenty, they've been around, and they have. Let's see. The, so two years, and they've got how many cigar lines out? Let's see. Uh, just the lithium, and then what we're smoking here—the appendix, the Herbert. So the lithium is like their Cadillac cigar. It's this uh, Habana with a lot of age on it. They actually just released uh, a Lancero that they just came out with for the first time. Um, it's honestly not like my favorite thing that they have to offer, but it's their top of the line. And where are they based out of? The, the, the guys who are putting these out they're based out of either i think it's i'm pretty sure it's florida if it's not florida it's california but all their tobacco is dominican yeah all dominican and it's small family plots right like small families are doing yeah planning. so from my understanding yeah it's it's they're really not hitting any big manufacturers it's all kind of like their own thing that that's they're awesome. kind of working the dominican so yeah that's awesome yeah and for dominican for for dominican stuff i have found like you know i'm not the biggest fuente fan in the world um, and when I am, it just happens to be the most expensive fucking shit that you can have. You have good taste, Marcus. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah great. And then the wall, digging up for it. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of of fun flavor that comes in these cigars. Right, the body on them is is very well rounded out. Um, I, I enjoy them. The construction's great. Um, they're fun. I'm gonna go to the USIR next because I think that might be my favorite. It's a good conversation cigar. Talk about the nuances, yeah. and kind of what you get, and yeah. the contrast between everybody. It's interesting. Yeah. So, what is the? Um, you're doing Herbert Spencer. Herbert Herbert yes, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the wrapper on that? San Andreas. And then, what Connecticut accents? Um, yes, this one has Connecticut accents. Um, let's see, the appendix has a San Andreas accent yeah. on a Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, the fourth dimension in the USIR. They're both. Uh, 
Habano Rosados. Obviously, yeah. they're two different. But kind of Fourth Dimension spell. is uh, Candela accent. A Candela accent. Yeah. USIR is uh, a San Andreas accent. Yeah, you almost can't fucking see that. Huh. Is right. that uh, what you have in your hand, the USA? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, uh, we were talking about, because I was talking about, and this one, it's a, li- a very little bit, but in the fourth dimension, I love that candela on there, because every now and then there's this very unique tart sweetness that pops. I know it's kind of a double negative, tart sweetness, but it's just every now and then it's on a draw, you get this, yeah. this kick that comes through. Do you pull anything off the accents when you smoke these? It depends on which one, and it's just on my opinion. Now, they have my all-time favorite size. It's called the Ellie. It's a Figurado. It's about an $18 to $20 cigar. Look at that all in yeah? What, what I call the Cuban tickler. Yeah. Look at um, that. It's a great cigar. Um, I would say, honestly, for how big that Figurado is, I get more of the accents on that than I do the Toros and the Robustos. Um, but... I guess it depends on the accent. I get more of the San Andreas accent, the Candela. I don't really pick up the Connecticut accent on the Herbert Spencer, but it you know, makes any sense. So, depends. Mark, what were you going to say, buddy? Well, I was thinking more about the, the, the question that you asked earlier about um, um, paying for the experience when you're going for for, for places that instead of buying a bottle you're going there for a pour um, I had a conversation about that once at um, Jack Rose in DC I happened to go there on, a, on an especially slow night it was a it was Valentine's Day and I was by myself and apparently you know like, so for, like Jack Rose was, was known for many years as the, the, the largest publicly accessible collection of whiskey in the western hemisphere that's what they were. They were a whiskey library. You go and you can get these these um, these postcards that just show floor to ceiling shelves of, of, of whiskey, and they have uh, they had they had those 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 ladders with the, with, with, the, with the wheels attached so they can roll down the aisles and find them. And then you order the pour, and they put the bottle on your table, and and so you can see what you're drinking. Not so you can help yourself to the bottle, unfortunately, but, um, but, they, but it was all very reasonably priced too. And so when I was there on a on a on a on a Valentine's Day, there was it, it was it was unusual because I could park right in front. My normal my normal habit was I I I'd, I'd have to park really far away, and I'd, and I'd walk there and I'd get my name on on, on on the list, and then I'd go to, to the, the, the the bar next door to hang out and, to, and for, for at least an hour before I could get in. But this I parked right in front. I. I they, they immediately seated me because apparently, I don't know when you when you when you want to be romantic, you don't you don't you don't go to the whiskey library. So um, the uh, Bill Thomas, the the, the owner was, was in there, and he was talking about you know the, the the reason he tried to keep the 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 prices affordable even for things that that, that are super rare. Like um, take like the the uh, Nipog Castle. Uh, I mean they produce stuff now that's that, that's that, that's pretty good for Irish whiskey but they but the no Castle 51 that's there's there's a really cool story around that but but it's it's incredibly hard to find and you could and you could buy it there for, for like it was like hundred dollars a pour which is it was a really great price it's actually cheaper to get on a plane fly to DC to, to, to drink it there and fly back than, than it would be to, to, to 
to, to try it anywhere else. And that's what, and that's the kind of atmosphere that he that he tried to create. He it, he, he wanted it to be accessible to, to, to everyone. So that's the kind of thing that I, I, I compare the whiskey drinking experience to. Yeah, we definitely got to try that place. Yeah, they're gone, aren't they? He didn't close. No, no, but what they did is so here's here's the, the interesting thing about about them. During COVID, they didn't want to lay off their staff. They he, he just started selling bottles from his from 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 that vast collection so that he could continue paying the, the staff. So they didn't take a cut in their pay. They couldn't work, but they but they they were they 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 were they were. Living, yeah. living, living off the whiskey that he was selling. Because we had a bottle of Blanton's, one of their uh, barrel picks. And he's one of our little things. Who had that? Uh, Cass. Cass had, had it? got yeah. that. Yeah. And, he, and we had it at one of our little bourbon gigs. Well, and and he's he's well connected. Of course, you don't get a place like that without 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 developing the connection. So he's, you know, they they they've been replenishing that that, that collection. I've seen. Yeah. You know it. I would, I would. But it's not closed. No, it's open. It's oh, open. Okay. I, I remember. I remember there was that rumor that whiskey advocate said that Jack Rose, because when he started selling, because I don't think he told me. I never knew that. I don't think he told anybody that. So when I guess from the outside, if you're looking at a place that's got one of the by the poor, probably the best whiskey availability selection, and they start selling their bottles during COVID, even I'd be like, oh shit, like he's buttoning up, saying closing down. Get rid of it, you know. But and the the other place that that I, I think could be second to that is a uh, Canon in Seattle. The place is tiny. Like normally, you get um, you know, I, I, well, there isn't really a, a kitchen here, but but, but there at, at Canon, um, the the ratio of of customer space to to back of the house, it's. 25% of the, of the building is what you sit in and the other, the other 75% is devoted to their whiskey library. <laughs> Bottles of importance, I'd assume. Well, the biggest I ever seen was the Haymarket in its day down in Louisville. Now it's closed. I don't. I think it's no more right now. No, there's nothing there now. But pound for pound, the bottles he had in that place, it was just amazing what he had there. But, of course, I haven't been in two places. In yeah, but that place oh, was really? crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah what was his nickname in Louisville? The Raper? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, I, apparently well, everybody's innocent until yeah. proven guilty, but I think that's why it well, shut down. Uh, he, uh, I, I have his contact information because he was telling, in the, in the process of selling that place, he, uh, he, he was pouring me some, some of his, his, his whiskey. He was, he was buying barrels from, un, he wasn't going to say who he was buying them from. And then was slapping his own label on the bottles and and was trying to sell that that was his, his transitional business model Didn't well i caught him at a good transitional i bought uh four or five of this white label six years for him. yeah no but there was another bottle said it had haymarket on the bottle on the label yes um that, i don't have you? any of those i, I yeah i i had that uh, drink too much whiskey all right, well, let's move on. You want to move on to the next board? Yeah. You want to talk about that? The bottle? Absolutely. So I, I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, we've had this on, I believe. But I got this in Kansas City on one of my little road trips up there. 
and this is a barrel pick by Lucas. It's a barrel whiskey, private release, and um, the proof on this is 122, but the big thing about this, it is finished in a ruby port, and I don't know if anybody wants to pop that and look that up, but... Ruby port? So I'm assuming... So ruby port is a, an unaged, uh, or it's not like... it's. It, it, It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a young port, but it's right. But so for anybody who doesn't know port, it's a heavier um, in the process. Yeah. It's a heavier like when you drink wines. Like me personally, I like a light red that's just full of flavor. But this is a heavier. This is like yeah. the port is almost yeah. before brandy. So yeah, because what they do is they it's it's a it's a it's a higher alcohol content because um, they add brandy during the, the fermentation. So um, that's what that, that's why it's 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 stronger. It, it's it's heartier. And and with with a ruby you get a lot more of the the, 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 the sweeter fruit forward notes. Oh wow. Let's get that on there. We'll cheers that. Ryan you gotta get on all the cheers, okay? Yeah I got a root beer. You're good baby. You're good. <laughs> No. Well, that's sorry. a good year, A&W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. All right, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Seriously. Did you get all worked out today? Yeah, actually, I didn't. I slept in and cleaned up uh, dog diarrhea in the house. That was nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about like getting a license. <laughs> yeah. Still haven't made my official Missouri license yet. Still registered in Florida. I'm AWOL. It's alright. I know, I, you know, it's funny wow. you bring that up. Yeah, it's a nice big explosion, isn't it? That's what she said. Boom, dude. That's like a reverse, like, flavor thing. I, I don't know how to explain that. Like, you, you pull the whiskey in, toss it around. Okay, the typical caramel, right, I think. You swallow it, a little bit of heat, and then boom. Right? It's like fruits and fruits and fruits. And again, Lots we've talked fruits. about this on the show many times, but this has been opened and it probably had a specific profile when we opened it. And now it's much more relaxed. Would you call that 122? No. You taste that? Yes. 122. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> That's not uh, right. I know you're not, you're not, you don't drink. Not I was going to ask, is that. that a high proof? Is that not anymore, man. What do you really? think? What do you think? Yeah, about three, four years now? That it's really kind of started to take flight? I think we personally, like, especially when I, like, when I got into, when I got into, bur I didn't get into bourbon. I was a huge Scotch guy. Until I met okay. Cowboy. And then him and I had a bottle together, and it just went downhill from there. Well, I mean, Scotch, they, they, they really make use of sherry. Well, they, sure, they, sure. What I'm talking is the proof, though. Oh, okay. Like, when I dove deep, when I got deep into bookers, like, the little books are my favorite thing in the world. You know, those things are anywhere between 126 and 138, depending on the bottle. Those can still be a little hot. But I think we have found out and I don't know what took so long from like my knowledge of, of bourbon, 
but one oh like one oh two and up, up to about. I mean, that's one twenty two. I think the highest we've had until what we're gonna have today was what one thirty two. No, I think we've had some barrel, some Elijah Craig, probably in the one thirty five. Oh, barrel, barrel proof. Easy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but what what you're finding out and is, what is Little Book? Which one? Well. So now, the last one we the had... The proof may not be as high, but they come across as hot as hell. Oh, the last chapter two we had was 129, and that, yeah. that's pretty warm. Uh, what we found out is that you're getting these high-proofed bourbons, okay? I'm talking between, specifically between 121 and 130, and the that that heat that people talk about with bourbon, right? That, that, that throat, you're not getting that. There's a little bit of warmth to it, right? It's it's bourbon. It's, it's close to rubbing alcohol, okay? Right? There's going to be a little bit of that, but the the flavors, the taste, the nu- the nuances, the smell, the nose is so much more mature. It's I. So if you think something is sweet at, so I think one of the best examples we have was when when the Yellowstone picks were in, and yeah. we did like 93 flagship Yellowstone. We were like, ah, eh, it's kind of meh, right? Yeah. Then 102, you're like, wow, okay, it's gotten sweeter. Then at 115, you were like, okay, so this this 13-year-old kid just turned 25, right? It's completely mature, and everything's getting bolder in it, and it, it's it's unique. But I, I, for me at least, I am starting to notice more. Like I saw the other day, I saw a uh, uh, wild turkey rye, 101, 101 rye. Oh, I I have it. Thought it was interesting. It was like 28 dollars at Schnucks. Um, I thought it was interesting. It just proofing has gotten bolder and bolder and bolder and bolder. Whereas before, and again, this may just be because you know I am only four some years in a bourbon now. Me, when you would walk down a shelf, you saw a lot of 80, 86, 90, 93. You know, my new bottle and bond. I, I'd always seen that. That was always a hundred. Uh, but like one hundred and one was the. Mm. That's what you saw on shelves. That's I, all I saw. I poured some guy, uh, Jack Daniels Coy Hill. That is uh, up to, was like 148. He We're told, doing that, too. He told me he was high proof, and again, I have no idea what I'm yeah, talking but that's about. Where, but the legal limit on bourbon is 160. So, so it gets higher than that? Well, no, like, higher than that, that one, like up to 160. Ours is 144. But you can't call it a bourbon if it's above 160. Then, then you're rubbing alcohol. <laughs> so actually a funny a funny story I will say this so when that bottle came in we had a little bit of taste of it right touched it to my tongue my tongue went numb so I was like hmm I dipped my finger in it and I lit my finger on fire oh that's interesting yeah that's awesome it's gonna be fun I'm gonna do it again it's kind of fun but it's just been really interesting seeing them go up up and up 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 and up and the cowboy is very good at uh, he's just been he's been in bourbon specifically I think he's been in into encouraging bourbons much longer. Like he's got the guy's the king of all Fitzgerald, like you won't argue that. Heaven Hill pretty much is his realm of, of dance play. He's got a lot of other, but if you want to talk well, about Well, probably Hill, the most of Heaven everything Hill. I have is Buffalo Trace. I mean just because I've been back I've been backpacking all of you know the Wellers, the the but then farm, you've got all the, your like, all your Elijah Craig, all yes, your Plans, all yes. your Saz, all your Eagle, uh, and that's and, Buffalo yeah, Trace. That's, oh yeah, I'm talking about. Sorry, I meant Heaven Hill. 
all right. your all your Heaven Hill, your Ezra, because those your are Elijah Craig. Yeah, think about it. A Buffalo Trace doesn't put out a lot of bottle and bonds. Heaven Hill's like king of bottle and bonds. I'm sorry, I was wrong with it. it it's the, the legal limit for bourbon is 125. So, well, we're all breaking the law. All of us. Now this barrel finished in this. Uh, I think it's Ruby Port. But yeah, you said Ruby Port. Have you drank a lot of port wines? Do you like a port wine? <laughs> I have a very funny story about port wine. I have had port wine twice. Right. Remember when I took you to Green Street and we did the cigar podcast there? Yes. In Key West. So the first time I went down there. Because there wine and yeah. beer and I bar. walked in there. A wine and beer bar. And I was asking the lady. She had Townie 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, 40 year. And I said, ma'am. She goes, yeah. I was like, how much is your 40 year port? She goes, 40. I went, how much is your 30 or? She went, 30. And if you want to know what 20 and 10 are, just kind of follow the line. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had a 10 and a 20. For my, no, I've, I've not, well, I take that back. I've had that Graham's Towny 10 year port and I had it uh, at Annie Guns and I had it here when we brought it in. Um, port wine is very confusing to me because it is incredibly sweet up front. And then it finishes incredibly tart. You know, I like for example, you know, you know Zick. He is um, he likes port, and I know a few guys outside of Zick who really enjoy port wine. I really have not experienced a lot of port, but I would say this: with this bottle, not knowing a lot about port, it when it you know when we talk about that, when it comes across your palate. It kind of bursts, and there's just like a little roasted molasses, but it's so light um, that it's really unique. And I mean, kudos to the barrel guys. I mean, they're really doing some unique stuff. Uh, you know, we we talk. Kind of makes me want to try a little port, but I, you know, we've got we've and J nine. You know, I don't even know if J nine has had them. And of course, that's my wife. She's I'm sure she was in the wine her, industry. Her, what, she yeah, knows in wine. Sure. She has to have yeah. because all those guys in Missouri have had port. Yeah, they all kind of have that in their two deal. Level one or two, one or two something. What J Level one or two something. That's what. Or wine Somalia. Oh, I I wouldn't consider her that. No. She just has got a lot of Missouri experience on stuff. Um, but anyway, that was my kind of take on that. It was interesting because I, I didn't know if you've had it because I know you probably drink a little more wine than I do. Uh, but I love it. I love it. I love wine. My problem with wine, though, is if you open the bottle. Of course, we share that. To finish it, yeah. Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm tasting the next day. So, you know, we had dinner with Julian. Our bottle was 175, maybe 200. I don't know, and it was absolutely delicious. But three people shared it. We probably had a glass a piece. Yeah. Fairness, depending on how they pour it. But spend that same money on a bottle of bourbon, and we could be sharing that five years from now or whatever. <laughs> And you're still getting that beautiful experience and sharing it. I guess that's why I kind of like the, the the bottle bourbon whiskey thing over wine, even though I really love it. That's my take on it. Um, so I want to I want to draw into cigars. How's everybody's? I really like this cigar, and the construction is beautiful. Which some are not, but this one really holds up. And I'm probably still three inches to the end here, but. 
It's burned. And what's one thing I do want to point out before you guys go? So we went from what's our barrel pick? Ninety the it's Woodford. The ninety ninety two. It's the stock Woodford. They 90. don't do anything else. Ninety point four. Ninety point four. Okay. And now we're up to one twenty two with an abundance of sweetness and marshmallows and all that. Look, I'm not gonna say this many times. The cigar is holding up. You know, uh, strength-wise, again, like I think, like Ryan, like you pointed out, I think they nailed this. It's not a strong cigar by any means, okay? Body-wise, flavors are holding up. I think it's generating a little more... Um, I like the pairing with the barrel a little bit better now with this. Um, uh, I think this is generating more of that molasses marshmallow yeah, kind of draw that you were The Woodford about. was kind the of equal for equal, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Russian? How was it? Actually, well, I mean, I, I, I just went through it faster, obviously, but... Um, if you want to stay on that, go get one of these USIRs. It went... I, I got through that fissure and, 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 and above it just fine. It didn't... It really didn't, didn't change the, the, the experience on this one, even though it had... You know, that, 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 I think that's a good sign, having a... a so especially, yeah. His had a little little fissure on the wrapper on the side. And, um, and, it, and it started to pull apart once the... the the, the, the ash got that high, but but it it, it really didn't change anything. It, it, well, it doesn't it, look like the cigar exploded at all. No, yeah. no, it, it it burned through it just fine. It was great. It's good, man. Construction's key on that. Ryan, how about you, man? Yeah, no, I'm uh, smoking the Herbert Spencer. Um, I like it because it's definitely like a different style of San Andreas that I'm used to having. Like this is, like you said, it's not a strong cigar. The Herbert Spencer, it's supposed to be like the top as far as the nicotine chain. It's not. I mean, to me, it's just like a dead set knee. Um, but one thing I like about their blends is like I always get some sort of transition like you're saying it starts out a certain way and then ends another mine was just really light really airy a little bit of cocoa in the front and now that it's starting to get a little bit harder and I'm about an inch and a half in uh it's starting to change a little bit like I wouldn't even say spice but just like more like a dark chocolate nutty kind of thing going on no, warming up a little it's, it's really good yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. wow okay so Ryan is from Tampa okay um we were talking about Cigar Lounge, and we had talked about this before, about how, uh, like, Ryan just got into Tatuaje once he got here. Absolutely. Okay? And I kind of want you two to reference this from your multiple experiences. This, he goes down to Naples, uh, Bonita Springs. Beautiful. Um, Key West. It's, you know, it's been my foreign experience, Key West. Um, so I, but yeah. he was down there, and um, you can tell him all the shops, tell yeah. him the story. But it was really interesting, and then I want to see how if this has any reason it plays into your non-Tatuahi experience. Just I'm not sure. I'm, I'm fairly confident that I haven't smoked any cigars in downtown Tampa. But um, St. Petersburg, Great area. Yeah. Um, I think I went and experienced a fantastic cigar downtown, not not on the, the Bay Was side or whatever. Central Cigars? Probably they got like a rock band on one side and they you can walk through there's like a two-sided venue there Might be it was really good and um, but anyway I've experienced a lot of cigar shops down there but the funny thing is is I ask them all I'm like well I'm from st. Louis Missouri how does like the boutique line for us up in st. Louis like Tatuaje crown heads um, you know all the different boutique lines that we enjoy here and are very popular don't sell down there which yeah. is really interesting to me yeah no absolutely um i, I totally wholeheartedly agree with that i mean just being in tampa like you said i i, 
I've heard of Tad. Everybody's heard of Pete Johnson, man. He's he's a legend in the industry. But um, I wasn't exposed to that. I mean, I grew up in Ybor City, and I mean that's that's Carlito's town, baby. That's, but that's, I think man. it all goes down to your demographics. Like, right? These are guys who smoke cigars, and I'm not account. I'm I'm not counting out the women because, right? There's a small percentage of women who enjoy it too. But for the most part. It's retired uh, guys who go down there, and they've got their set old school school shit, and that's what they want. They're not interested in this boutique bullshit and whatever. And you know, to be if I had a club down there, I would be like, "Listen, man, I understand your allegiance and your train of thought, but I think you're missing out, man. You're missing out on a great, a lot of great tobacco, uh, a lot of great people who are putting out some fantastic product." And it's a sad situation, but look at who's opening all those clubs too, right? Well-established, well-funded, guys have money, and, and they're going to their clientele, and there's not a lot of young, um, up-and-coming guys who are pushing tobacco down there. And I mean, and like I said, when you grow That's up... That's my take on it. Yeah, and when you... I mean, from what I've heard... When I was in Florida, Pete Johnson is the king of the Midwest, man. I mean, he just rules it. You know what I mean? So when you're down in Florida, like you said, where there's a lot of old school people, Forte's been around for over, you know, 100 years. I mean, I, but, you know, at the same time, me being young, like, I was raised in that, in that environment. So I was just taught and shown you just, you smoke Fuente, And, you know, I love Fuente, but, you know, it's not just because of the taste or the experience I get is sentimental to me. Like, Right, I have no doubt. Grandfather that has all kinds of great cigars, smokes a curly head every day. Now a curly head is okay, but it's <laughs> something still that, me up. something I don't really <laughs> want to smoke all the time. But he he does it, and uh, every once in a while, man, I'll light one up just you know when I when I don't get to see him. But like you said, everybody's got their their land, you know, I mean their territory. And I really wish I would have smoked Tat a long, long time ago, a long time ago. And it doesn't make sense to me because Tat to me has a lot of Cuban inspiration. So why wouldn't people in Florida? be smoking that you know all of it yeah i'm not very surprised by it so. that was just that was just a fun 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 curiosity yeah. because i haven't really had anyone like he knows what he's looking for he knows what he smokes i was like we just haven't had anyone to kind of throw it at and be like oh yeah no totally yeah i've no, smoked no, no, that no. where if i if somebody took the band off and handed it to me and said that that was a cuban i would believe you just because of the way it tastes like and listen, how, you know how many Cuban guys are in the industry and they pride themselves on having something that's Cuban-ish. I mean, Casa Cuba, Fuente. Yeah. I think that that is a great, fantastic, one of my top ten favorite cigars. But I'm, I will admit to you right now, Pete Johnson hits that Cuban profile harder than anybody else. And then when you look at the RC line by him, RC line stands for what? Real Cubano. Real, Never had Cu- it. real Cuban. Never had it. RC line really? of oh, Tatuaje. Yeah. They've had them here. Oh, They've yeah. got them. The, two, two, the RC three, line is real Cuban series uh, by Pete. So really? RC, yeah. that's cool. Get the two so it's just kind of funny, but I do think it all comes down to, you know, because we promote going to your local guys, sit down with them, and let them talk you through some shit. But those guys are all set in their ways, and they're not, they're not. Yeah, of course. They're not pushing the new stuff. So, anyway. Well, that's like we've talked about. You know, we're all sitting here enjoying Jake White, right? And this, these are fantastic cigars. I'm doing USIR next, I think. I'm just going to do it again. 
I, especially that size. I love, I love that squat. Um, but you know, if you go Dominican girls, right? All done down there, wrapper change, whatever. Okay, some accents, all that. Go into a shop where you've just got nothing but diehard Fuente smokers. Yeah. Okay. Present them with another Dominican product. And I'm not, I'm not even, I mean, it's one of the most, it's actually intriguing and interesting. I don't care if you're on the retail side, if you're on the company side, if you're just an enthusiast, if you hang out, we've been sitting together in cigar lounges and handed someone something, right? I'm not even talking crap the curious stuff, just cigars that we've had where they're handing them out and they're like, ah, yeah, I'll try that sometime. You know, as you go. You know, I was like, well, what do you smoke? Or you see people that they every time, every single time they have a cigar it's the exact same cigar and the exact same size right i think there are three companies that hold that statement it is ashton arturo fuente and padron mm. if you have ashton classic smokers guess what they're smoking ashton classic, ashton classic. Yeah. <laughs> if you have fuente smokers guess what they're smoking they're smoking fuente yeah. and if you have padron especially anniversary padron smokers like if you got a guy that smokes 64 natural exclusivos, if you don't have 64 natural exclusivos, he's not smoking. Bob Street. <laughs> but I also think that too, um, it's like anything. Well, I was in sales for 17 years. And if I sat down and had one of these guys and I would say, hey, listen, just sit down with me and let's relax and let's talk a little bit about Pete Johnson and this product, love for you to try it. And he would explain to me what he knows about a Fuente or whatever. I would explain to him what um, Pete's doing with the tot line or whatever and let him try it. And I, I think they would admittedly r really enjoy it maybe. Now, do you want to hear something, Ryan, I don't think you will know that is so interesting about Tatuaje cigars and Fuente smokers? Do you know that Pete Johnson has an Opus X tattoo on his right arm? Shut up. No, yeah. no way. Right there. That's awesome. It's favorite cigar of all time. No shit. Yep. See, that's the kind of shit you don't get on every podcast. Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what's so, that right there, that's something I always, I, I, I just say I always, I've been able to drop it like twice on someone. That's awesome. They're like, well, I don't smoke the Nick Rock, what's up, Pete? You know, he's with people. I'm like, you know he's got an Opus X tattoo, like literally. It's not small. It's not small. It says selection at doors right here, right? And then open. <laughs> like, he just got himself a box. There. You know what I mean? Like, he just it's, got himself a box. It's there. great, man. I mean, well, equally, the story is when I got to meet uh, Huber, John uh, Crown, Crown Heads down in Nashville, when I'm talking about my partner Murray here, I said, you know, he's got. Um, Las Caveras tattoos. And he just, he was like shaking his head. He goes, Obviously, you can say I have a lot of tattoos. I don't even have a Las Caveras tattoo on me. I have two. <laughs> right, exactly. And he's like, that's crazy. So that's like kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of funny and interesting yeah. to hear about. But anyway. But that, that was just cool to kind of reference that, you know, you being from Tampa, being around that area, um, you know, to actually have that. Because I, I told him he was going down there. He was going to be down there for like a week. I was like, dude, you're going to be bouncing around Tampa. Wow. Yeah, there's going to be a lot I'm, of In my mind, I'm like, Dude, we're gonna lock down all this rare shit. You're gonna buy it all. We're gonna be happy campers when you get back. He goes back and he goes, bro, nowhere, nowhere. They said that shit doesn't sell down here. No, and I'm like, that blows my mind. 
blows my mind. Is Padron big? It's gotta be. Padron is bigger. Now, there is one company, and I know you, you know this company, Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Horowitz. He is a huge Tat fan. So, you can't find Tat. Only at Corona. At Corona? You can find it. There's yet. only one Corona location, right? No. No? Actually, so, Jeff Horowitz owns the Dadroff in Tampa, right? But then he owns a Corona in Orlando, a Corona in, I think it's like Lake Mary. Okay, maybe I, think, a I, third think, one. I think I thought Orlando was the only one. No, there is a two. That, oh, okay. uh, that's actually further north than Orlando. Right? Oh, okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, Jeff Boris, you know, FSG guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has it, but uh, yeah, man, it's. it's Another hard. one that's kind of interesting is I see a lot of JFR down there. They speak very highly of JFR down there yeah. and they say like, hey, you know, especially for some of the younger guys that come in there that want a seven, eight dollar stick, JFR is probably one of the best eight dollar sticks we've got in our humidor. It's because they're all Cuban. Deck at Norsa. They pride yeah. themselves and on being all Max Cuban. Fernandez is probably one of the coolest dudes you could ever meet. Like, he's got all of that swag as if he's 25 in the 70s, but he's, like, 32 right now. <laughs> he's, and he's, he's great. Him and, him and like, when, when actually, when I locked on to Aganorsa, when I started figuring out about them was when I, when I knew Kyle coming up from Warped. Okay. Um, when Gellis launched out and then the Guardian of the Farm and all that, and then the Signature story. Series came, the Cabinet, the JJ Cabinet, the Apollo all of those dropped um that's when like agonorsa because it's warped cigars kyle gallus right with with agonorsa and that's when i started doing a lot of deep dive in agonorsa and you'll remember that signature when you had that jfr for the first time and then i gave you that robusto it had the silver label on it said um, um Aganor cigars and then it had the gold foil on it, the habano do you remember that cigar yeah, I, for, and I then, had them down in Florida. Yeah, I, and then you went to... Did you have your first JFR, the Lunatic, in Florida, or was that an outlaw? Uh, I had it in Florida. Florida? Okay. Yeah. I, and That's I believe it was in St. Petersburg the at Chiquito? a little place. Is that the size you got, the Chiquita? I think the first one was just... Uh, I didn't have the Lunatic. It was just a straight-up JFR, maybe a yeah. $7 stick, and, and I picked yeah. it. Havano and he goes, that's probably pound for pound one of the best cigars in our humidor. Uh, the JFR comes in a 50-count box. Like wheel box. It was a yeah. Toro. You know, just it's, a regular uh, JFR $7 Toro. Connecticut Corojo Maduro. Ah, okay. There you go. Yeah. Kind of that same almost rollout. The Maduro life. and a little Corona will blow your socks off. And, dude, dude it's like 5 bucks. And it's, like, crazy. Well, then he got that Chiquito. Uh, it's like that little 460 guy. The 460, yeah. yeah. And it's dude, not a bad cigar. I'm not a like I'm not I'm not that s- smoker. Like we told this story a million times. Like through all of us, like I've introduced these guys to multiple more sizes of cigars. Like when I'm at Hodge, I only smoke six. I smoke silent premiums, the Nicaraguan blend from CLE, the Asylum, yeah. right? Christian stuff. And I'll never forget the first time I gave him a Lancero because I'm not like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I think it's comfortable to say he probably smokes 60s. The least amount now than he probably ever has. Yeah. And the reason for that, just so everybody, and we probably talked about it, is because initially, like seven years ago, if you wanted a full-fledged body Nicaraguan spicy cigar, you were only getting those in 660s. They didn't have a lot of that in, they didn't have a lot of that full spice, full cigars 
in all the other lines. It's only come to fruition through the years that the, the that spicy, full flavored cigar is in everything now. Yeah, I think I think, and that's why I think that with, was like that. And I like how you said that flavor and strength, because I think up to that point, personally. All you really could dive onto was again. You went to anniversary Padron, like you smoked Exclusivos, right? But even then, man, Exclusivos. I mean, I remember when Exclusivos were twelve dollars, and like the average market cost on a cigar was like six fifty five. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? So I've um, told this story before, Ryan. I went to my buddy's place, and he had bought a sampler pack, and he's like, "Hodge, I laid out nine cigars. Pick one of those uh, cigars for yourself." Um, I bought this at JR and Clayton, and I said, okay. And I look at them, and there's one that's dark, very dark, and it had a uh, Mexican um, wrestling uh, mask on it. Oh, a, uh, uh, what do they call that? Yeah. Well, it's a luchador. It was a luchador. And I smoked that, and I was about halfway in, and I looked at him, and I'm like, holy fuck. I said, this cigar has just blown my mind. I was getting a nicotine buzz, right? And this thing was full of so much flavor. And it was the Luchador. And I don't know the guy who owned the line at that point. Fantastic marketer. You know, like he had the different um, uh, wrestler faces on his cigars. And was promoting it. And the tobacco was amazing. I was bu- as many boxes as I could buy. I was buying, and I was smoking that over my um, full-fledged Nicaraguan Asylum. Yeah. And um, and then and I I can't remember his name. I don't know if you remember. I want to say it was Steve something, and he sold that line to somebody, and they totally redid it, and it went to crap, and it just fell off. Uh, the Luchador. I've never heard of that. No. 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 Um, no. I'd love to try one if it's around. It was fantastic. I would. I've smoked them. All. Um, if I could find a box of the original Luchador, it would be amazing because they were fantastic. And then that kind of like pushed me another level up into the spicy and full body cigar market. Yeah, um, and then, of course, now, man, I mean, it's just like there's so many fantastic lines out like there. And one of them that I got um, at Hill was um, the Blackbird. Yeah, Blackbird. Uh, so I never, I've never seen a Raven. I know I've seen them online, but like I had, I want to say the Crow. Yeah. And yeah. a few, whatever the, those lines were, and I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, Crow. Uh, the is that the red label? I think. I think so. Saint Andreas, great yes. cigar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Honus, yeah, it's a Dominican guy. I uh, when I was working at the Hill before I was working on Lit, um, we brought them in. Same thing. I never really heard of them, and. Um, when I went to the uh, the show in Vegas, um, I got a chance to meet Jonas. And uh, if you ever get a chance, smoke his stuff in a Corona. That Corona size is his best format. Like, I love his Toros. He does do, like, some big Toros, which I'm not a fan of, like a 6x56 and stuff like that. But um, the Crow, the Connecticut, which is the Jackdaw, the, the Rook, which is a great Sumatra. Um, his whole line... I, I will definitely smoke. I want to circle back because I may have missed this a little bit. We were talking about JFR. Now the lo- um, the lunatic. Yeah. Um, is that the same line through J- uh, JFR? Or is that a different line? The uh, the lunatics. 
There's JFR, the lunatic yeah. is a version of JFR. Okay, yeah, so I also got down there was there's a Habano and a Maduro by the lunatic, and they've got the cellophane wrapper. I would have thought I would have liked the Maduro better, but I like the Habano better. Okay. And I mean, for me, that cigar I turned uh, some of my nephews onto. That was just like kind of smoking a lighter version of what would have been the best cigar I ever had would have been um, a Cohiba, okay, Robusto, <laughs> yeah. right? It was yeah. very much on but that it was, same it line. Mid nineties though, dude. Yeah, well, they were good. Yeah, yeah. I had a full. We smoked. We, we all shared a box of probably ninety four, ninety five uh, Cohiba Robustos. But I mean, when I smoked that, I was like, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're into the second uh, pour with this barrel pick by Lucas out of Kansas City. This, this barrel, this, I think this yeah. takes uh, dovetail for me. I think it's better than dovetail, personally. Um, oh, that's a bold state. I, I'm just, I don't know, it's not sitting here, but I'm just going to say. I, I wish we did uh, have one. I need to get another one. We've, I've probably I've got, gone through I've two got, or three I've of got them. one. I bought it when we did our event at uh, the Legends, so I've got one. And just so everybody knows the price point on these, they're probably around seventy to eighty bucks a bottle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. I've only the only barrel bottle I've seen that was incredibly expensive was they did that infinity what two years ago? It was 180, something like that. Um, but so I'm finishing uh, this appendix two. Um, I'm gonna smoke a USIR next. Is that last year? What is your nineteen? Nice. Um well, no, that was, I'm down to an inch down. That was really, uh, I, uh, that was really a good cigar. Construction, like everything was really, that really good. creaminess kind of builds through the entire cigar. It doesn't really ever leave. Um, with the barrel, it creates this subtle spice to kind of ride your tongues, which I really, I really enjoy that. I like when the smoke can come over top and the, and the spice from the whiskey can kind of play on the side of your palate. I enjoy that. Um, but I'm gonna chalk this pairing up to marshmallows. And I'm just I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna give a shit what anybody thinks. That's how I feel about it. I have a question. Oh, yeah. drinking question. Um, when you're pairing uh, alcohol with smokes, would, would you, do you like both of them to have the same characteristics or one play off the other or one like, you know what I mean? I don't have that reference. I was asking, like, just curious as to Yes, what. no, and never. So the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to pairing is they, they'll they go volume to volume. I used to say strength to strength, but think volume to volume, right? So if they have a cigar they think is very strong, they'll pour the barrel at 122. The issue is that liquid will always be more dense than smoke. It will capsulate the palate, okay? So really why this cigar is going so amazingly well with that 122 is this is a very mild cigar okay there's enough of the body of the smoke there the flavor to come through and hold on and dance around as the liquid comes by i think the best way to pair is to contrast each other right okay, okay. so if you've got something that's why i think one of the craziest <laughs> People think I'm insane when I've said this, but take a, I think I said it with the number 92 Bo Padron, okay? Great. Take that with a flat root beer. Okay. Okay? <laughs> or if you can get a flat cream a shot, soda, yeah. do, just do it. Okay. It will literally, it'll alter what you think about pairing instantly. 
right? It's also the reason why it's so difficult if you're smoking a cigar and you have a cold carbonated alcoholic beverage, right? Car what is what does carbonation do to your palate? What does carbonation do to your palate? I would say accentuates it. Get, get it, it, it increases your salivation rate, right? Which sounds like that would be very good for the cigar. The issue is when carbonation hits your palate with something sweetened and you start salivating more, your taste buds will pull in the sugar. Then when you draw the smoke in, if you're if you're overtaken with, with a salivation and sugar, you will lose any strength trade that you're gonna get in the cigar. Okay? Not 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 strength as in feel, right? But if you got a big bold smoke, you will you will fight some of those flavors. Okay. Right? So it can be difficult. Now a lot of people just do it anyway, but there's a reason you don't see anybody pairing. They don't go get, you know, uh, Herbert Spencer in the pairing today is with seven up. Yeah, uh, you know exactly. what I mean? Like you don't do it <laughs> yeah, that way. Kind of yeah. um, that's what's been really interesting with the new population of carbonated water, right? Like liquid death. You're a liquid death drinker. Yeah. I've seen that a lot more. It's something I want to do, but I just I don't like the way carbonated water tastes. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. You know, like I'd rather drink out of a hose because I, I, I don't get it. But, um, hey, we've all done that. You were a kid once. I'm sure, I would want to pair it with hose water. But yeah, that's that's where I go with that. Like, if you want, if you want to, now there there are times you have to say we've done it, not knowing to it. We've done it, not realizing we were doing it. It's like everything. A certain cigar in the right environment with the right pour that day, or the right wine, or oh, yeah. or you're just shit. I've, I've seen someone do it with Gatorade and just blew their mind. They're like, man, just like this <laughs> lemon lime Gatorade in this cigar. Just oh my god. Right? I have Red Bull with some cigars. So you see it? Yeah. I, hey, I think it's <laughs> me wrong. That pineapple or that gold Monster Zero, right? With a crown head court. All day, money, dude. I'll give it. It's insane. My options are it's insane. So. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it would be cool that Heineken Zero. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Try it because where that contradicts everything I said about carbonated alcohol, there's no alcohol in it. Yeah. Right? It'd be really interesting to try. But that's why that's why it's fun when when you're pairing with somebody to try follow follow a little bit of a guideline like what you like in the cigar. Yeah. Because you'd be amazed how alike nuances and cigars are to whiskey or um to wine um even even tequilas now some tequilas now are getting so damn full of flavor that you can have a lot of fun with it ride the line but be careful of the strength you know like people look at you crazy here's a really good one oliva connecticut reserve okay good smoke with stag jr okay Blow your mind. I used to drink stag beer. Blow your mind. <laughs> well, that's junior, junior, junior. Yeah. That's that's a lot of fun, you know. Okay. But then there's also always going to be that ending deadline question. It's your palate. It's your taste. Look, man, if you like Maker's Mark with uh, 64 exclusive, go nuts. If you like Eagle Rare with Sprite. Uh, no. Yeah. That would be a nip. Dude, I don't even drink and it kills me when I serve it. <laughs> You've seen how I do it, don't you? Yeah. I'll put the whiskey in the glass and give you the can. Last night with yeah. the umbrella? Oh, yeah, one of the guys playing poker last night was drinking. He's like, he's he usually drinks uh, like a kind of crown and crown and sprite, which yeah. I get it. That's a you know, that's a typical cocktail, sure. right? Yeah. He was drinking redemption bourbon with diet seven up. But so and I'm like, okay, if you hate that bourbon that much, I put two umbrellas in his drink. Yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> you're like kind of reverse engineering. 
you know what you're drinking mm-hmm. right it's like why even do it i mean it just seems silly to me but listen everybody's got their thing all right so we do have something really fun coming up um jack daniels single barrel 2021 release koi hilt right koi hill koi hill single barrel uh this is going to be our highest proof whiskey on the podcast this year i think yes um I this so, this will yeah. be this will be fun. Um, I thought the range was something like one thirty seven to one forty eight. Is that something like that, right? Well, what's really curious about that? I have never. Now, I think we all know how I feel about Jack Daniels, and if you don't, that statement should just kind of dial you in real quick. Um, I had never heard of this thing before. There were two gentlemen that were at the shop last night. The the one guy has the twenty twenty. 2019 and the and a 21 release of a different proof right so uh, there uh, there has to be a range then you know i didn't know because it's a single barrel product well yeah but i didn't you know like on the bottle you'll see it says 2021 release i would think that you know again i'm just assuming that that would just be that release but then I came back, and I'm like, okay, so why can't Tennessee work the way that Kentucky does, right? Having Helen Elijah Craig, they're barrel-proof. Uh, lots A, B, and C, right? Am I good there? Yeah. A, B, and C. Yeah. And the proof, I think the proof has come down. Started up, came down a little bit. Maybe maybe from, I you know, like 132, 128. I think it's like a four-point four proof. Yeah, I think my A121 <coughs> is at a one twenty six. What was your barrel proof, Elijah Craig? Do you remember? Um, well, I probably got five of them, and they're all like, I want to say I've got two. They're all around 135. I got a 118. I may have a 125, but they really vary. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But that's cool how you can do that, though. Just different, different lot, you know, allocation pools, things like that. So, Davey. Right over there, Pop on it. Good deal. You get a smoke? Yeah, I do. Yeah, get a smoke. Will you get him a. I'm getting a USIR. Yeah. So. Um. She got me. Our buddy Dave Boy is going to hop in here. There you go. Smoke that next. I actually got a. Um, uh, and what is this one again? That's the USIR from Jake Wyatt. And what, but what is the, is it a different one than you're smoking? Yeah, I'm smoking the Herbert Spencer. Now, is that another one of his kids' names? No, so the, what he calls, um, I think it's his gourmet line, it's like all that, that's not the lithium. Um, they're named after, I think, health-related things. Like Fourth Dimension and Herbert Spencer has to do something with like, like he's a paramedic, you know what I mean? So it has to do with oh, okay. like medical philosophy and stuff like that, yeah. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Hi, Jay. Have you met Dave? No. Dave, hi, Dave. Nice to meet you. Yeah, right, right on. This is uh, Andrew's brother-in-law. This is Allie's husband. Right on, man. Yeah. Nice. Um, this is who can't make it to the Revolution show. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. We just got back from uh, Boulder or um, Colorado. We went up to Red Rocks and saw. Michael Ferrante, Galactica, Saturday, then we saw Stick Figure and the movement, elevators. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. job thing. 
Try getting into the island group now, man. Who is it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. So, there's uh, Brian. There's something I wanted you to talk about on this because I found it not okay, and I'm not. It's not. I found it not to be true, right? But I read this on their website, Jake Wyatt, and I remember you were also talking with us about it. They give guidelines where to cut on these, yeah. right? Was that right? I, I they told me, yeah. Okay. Do you follow that guideline? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that, that conversation ended right where I didn't think it was going to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what? So I think so. This USIR it's really hard to see because those shades are real close. But don't they want you under the first? Or, under the under first. the first, That's right? A lot. It was it's like in between these two rings. It right? was yeah. suggested to me. I think it's all based on preference, but maybe that's their personal <laughs> cut line. Well, so are we it's talking right like there. right at the first line, just cutting that nipple off? So no, what, right under that. First. Firstly, what I do is that very top line. I leave it so there's just a little bit of that top line and the whole second. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. This is by far my favorite uh, Jake Wyatt cigar. I've had a number of these. Um, a few. When we got the samples, though, what size was that? Robusto. That's where mine cut it. Yeah. In right. between the first line. That's the one that we brought the box in, and it got sold like that. No, that's the one we didn't bring the box. I brought the box in fucking Charlie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't even get a chance to buy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah. gone. Um, Thanks, sir. Yeah, the Robusto sizes on these are great, cut. but I've also said we have yeah, in stock, and they've yeah, got right, a Toro uh, sampler. So you just put it in get all right five. In you say gourmet. Perfect. Yeah, so, right. so no nonsense. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. they have um, they have like the Toro that. sampler. Now something they do if have now, at, right now you're probably okay, but later tonight you don't want to. I've seen guys cut the whole goddamn end of their cigar. I'm like, each of the five different blends, but I've been told that they're going to make those a regular release now. So they already came out with the Lithium Lancero, then the Gourmet line, so they're gonna who, come out with Lancero. Who, uh, who did we keep speaking to on the phone? From T- Jake Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, yeah. So I'm gonna call him right now, because I've told him the five times we've talked, to send the Lancero samples. I've <laughs> kept saying it. They're fantastic. I've got, I've I've got, got to kept, call him at some yeah. point okay, this week. Okay, I've kept saying it. Like, um, uh, you should send them. But I definitely think, like you said, like I really think that all their sizes are really, really, really different. I'm a Corona guy. That's my least favorite size that they have. Really? It, it, it's, I'm not really like a classic kind of cedar wood kind of guy. And yeah. it's really, really evident in those sizes. I would think if you would like put that on the shelf for maybe another year or two, it would be perfect. But um, it, it's weird. Yeah. They so really I I was, like, I still think that like a, a true Bellicoso is like my favorite size of a cigar yeah. when it's done, right? I've leaned away because different sizes are popping, you know, like, Lancero hands down is always my favorite, just my favorite but I, I gotta yeah. treat those very delicately and there's not that many that are very good right you gotta find them <laughs> you gotta true. work with yeah, yeah. um but I love the it was the Robusto size you said we have in the samples the Robusto size in the USIR was lights out this Bellicoso money lights out yeah this side this is my favorite Jake Wyatt product like I haven't had so I've only had the, the what we have right? I've got the gourmet line stuff um haven't done any of the SE or the LE stuff they've got but no, this is where it's at. I really mean that. So the the crown heads, um, am I, hopefully I'm saying it right, La Creme. La Creme. La Creme. Um, that's a, a Bellicosa Fino. Yes. And is that is because it's just cut, a straight cut at the bottom? 
So I understand the bellicoso, but the pheno, what is actually the pheno mean? Does pheno translate to finish? Uh, uh, there's, no, there's not a shag finish on the end? or Just based on different sizes I've seen with other brands, like I've always been understood that a pheno is like a smaller ring gauge. So I've had like a Toro and then a Toro pheno. Like one company, I think it's my father, has a yeah. Toro that's like a 6x52, but the Toro pheno is actually a 6x50. That's yeah. just crazy. So I would think a torpedo or bellicoso pheno is probably just a kind of a more compact bellicoso. That would make sense because that cigar is only a five, what, five and a half, 52. Instead of, uh, what is it, like a six and three quarter? Yeah, it should be six and, six and three quarter by like two, yeah. four, whatever yeah. your bellicoso is going to run. So, um, okay. I'm having all the luck in the world here. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so this Jake White stuff's been really good, man. I've been ex the product's done great. I mean, it really has. I, you know, I was rudely skeptical. You know, I don't rudely. I mean, hey, you're entitled to your opinion, right? I mean, I didn't think, but it's it's very good. And they have that that uh, accent, that candela they use. It's sweet. Have you it's smoked a candela? Uh, I did the other day. Yeah, I, and I, I have a sampler. Good. Yeah, I think it's not good. Very good. Um, we're doing good. Uh, Dave, so we started with the uh, Woodford pick, um, and then we've got the barrel, uh, barrel. Yeah, it's get into finished that. and a that. ruby port finish. And um, Never had barrel. Never had barrel whiskey? Yeah, we should try a little of this. Um, obviously, we've had many of these. I'd say hands across all that we've tried. Now, we have had some... I want to see. I want to say Dean Liquors Barrel Whiskey Private Reserve, and it's probably a hundred ten proof or whatever that are really good. But probably Dovetail has been the one uh, that I like the most. But this one's really good too, and it's finished in a ruby port finish. So you may want to try. Give it a try, bit. buddy. Yeah. Go ahead. And then we're gonna have you. We're gonna do something really crazy next, and then we're gonna have you discuss that little bottle right there. Yeah. I thought about you today. I was driving up here, and there was some guy passed me on a trailer. I had three stills on the back of this trailer. Yeah. For real? Oh, for real. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, probably, uh, I don't know, what's your, what's your typical trailer? Not the small one. Probably like 17, 16, 17 feet long. Yeah, the three of them on there. It's not about outsize. You know, they're probably pretty probably. wide. Yeah. A still cost you 150 or 100 grand. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. Looks fresh too. Still had the blue marks from the welding, you know. So like, you're, yeah, you're logging down the highway, three, four hundred grand. Um, would you? What's Come special on, about a ruby port? Well, I know, I know what uh, port is. So I've had plenty of port caps. Well, that's a specific port wine that that they finish that in a barrel. You want uh, coil? Of a private select bourbon, and, it's, and well, they then I get. I'm saying, yeah. What, what's ruby? What, what's making? We want a little ice on this. No, that's water. the specific port. Like a style, like a Bordeaux, like a Bordeaux. A ruby port is a young port. Okay. I, th I think the way he says it's not quite well, to we'll age statement of port. I don't have. So it might not be as sweet as a port. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a typical port. I would go there, but 
I don't know. Be right off the bat, it doesn't smell as sweet as it normally. No. Once you get into it, though, I, I pulled. Well, at least with with the appendix two and that, it was very marshmallow. Very marshmallow. Marshmallow. But that was the creamiest. Marshmallow. Yeah. Marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> marshmallow. We got a crowd throw dictionary over here. You're saying it's smelly. Pull it up. Smelly. Marshmallow. I get that. Well, but I'm just still I'm still torn up about the way the proof presents itself in the glass. Slight in the front, goes down and finishes, then there's a boom of flavor. But at 122 proof, mm -hmm. there's really just no there's no no there's no I hate saying that it comes burn and goes. That. It, it disappears. It yeah, disappears. it just there's it a, it's like you know when you light a match and you go right? There you go. Then it burns. Now you're tasting it. It's like a, now you're moving through. It's like a nice one night stand. So yeah, where you don't have to go to Plan B in the morning. Yeah. Basically, what they're saying about the Ruby Port, <laughs> it is the most exclusively produced and widely available style of port wine. Um, many people, uh, it serves as the introduction introduction to fortified wines in general. I think basically what it's saying, this is the young and version of the heavy port wines. Mm -hmm. So this is like the introduction into the port wines. So that'd be why it'd be called a ruby. It's not quite that right. red. It, it might it's be a light. Red. It's like... Uh, gotcha. It says most ruby port is a blend of young wines from multiple vintages. Mm. So I, I, I guess what they're basically saying, it is a very young and light port. Is what they finish this in, and I don't get an over sweetness in this, which I kind of like. Wrong, I don't barrel like itself is it a blend, there. right? They, yes. they typically they always blend a, a whiskey, they blend all their whiskeys, and then finish them. Typically, finish them in a. In a and overall, yeah, for me, barrel. I probably wouldn't yeah. like a heavy port. They actually, there's like actually a really good the name barrel, probably. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm never afraid to promote any other podcast, but there is. Um, uh, I'll have to look it up now. Um, What's it? What's his Fred? Fred? Is it Fred Minnick? Soiver. Fred. Fred Minnick. For the big bourbon guy. Um, Him and a couple other guys had the father and son duo barrel on, and uh, sourced their whiskey MGP. Right, pull it out. They did. They were doing a tasting on what they called their alphabet. They had a bottle A through Z. They were trying to pick six bottles that were going to release that quarter. Right, just different builds, different blends, different this, that, everything. Put it all together, and that's what they do. And they go through everything they do is a blend, different barrel agings, combinations, double barrels, triple barrels, different things they do to put them all out. And they give them fun, cool names as they do. Hmm. Like if you have, you've, you've never had any barrel. Okay, I'm gonna bring. It, I'll put that. I'll put it in my locker tomorrow, so if he's here, I'm not here. Let him try it, but. They did a seagrass, which is a blend of rye. That I've seen a lot of that. I've, I've been. That is a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. A lot of fun. It's it's very very unique. Very unique. because sometimes it tastes like algae <laughs> or seaweed, and other times it just tastes like roses and rye. Mm. Re really unique. Really unique. Uh, and then like like he said, dovetail. I think this is better than dove. Dovetail's not sitting here, but right now I think that's better than dovetail. I really do. Now I wish we had it because I would tend to disagree, but that'll be for a future little deal. But I do like this, and 
I said in the beginning, we've opened this once, and the opening is going to be different than two weeks, three weeks down the line once it's been opened and settles, and uh, it's going to be a different pour. This is much better than the first pour I had of it, and it's very good today, I got to say. So we'll have, we'll put those two. Don't do that yet. Yeah, together yeah, at some that. point. That's it. That's the Jack Daniels Koi Hill single barrel. Look at that color. That is, Holy yeah, hell. That is a beautiful color. 144 point. Looks like one, open molasses. 141. 141. Yeah, glass. Glass. No, it's 144. No. 141? Huh? 141 proof. Yeah. It's moonshine with color. Well, I just, I just lit my finger on fire, but you can't see it because we're outside. Yeah. I don't know. But it is. And to the point you pulled up, so I told you him and I tried this the day after it got here and my tongue went numb yep. for a couple minutes. Yeah. But it's been open now and there's been a couple more pours out of it, yes? Yes. Um, so, so man, it should ago. be great. So yeah. it should be, uh, should be pretty solid. I'm excited. Mine's, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let you guys guess. Guess what, proof? I was long, way off last time, wasn't I? Was I close? Was I off last time? I don't remember. Yeah, so Dave does Dave does his own distillation. That's his product. That's awesome. That's where my knowledge of it ends. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely small batch. <laughs> Not that small. How many bottles did you put off of your wedding? I thought then you'd put no, put out I put out a handful of these guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he filled up our. Uh, uh, flask. 150 oh, okay. milliliter flask. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Drink that all night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody had any left. No. That's what that. That's what that whiskey's good for. It's one of those <laughs> pass around. Half of it was gone. You're getting hammered, kind of. Half of it was gone before the wedding. We were all so damn nervous. <laughs> yeah. Why was somebody gonna say no? No. No. Oh. We just all had to walk. Oh damn! And I'm all foot in front of the other thing. Yeah. yeah. People around, scary. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> he had to say yes. <laughs> That's his problem. Now he's stuck with her. Like how you get married, you got to go first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like give them time to be like, mm. shit. He said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw an episode of uh, Andy Griffith before I came over here, and. Uh, uh, Opie is all into some girl and he asks his dad something about what it's like you know being in love and all that and his dad's like well you know you're gonna pick him up you're gonna take him shopping and I mean he went through the whole thing Opie at the end was just like man is this what it's all about it's like it was kind of funny then Opie comes out after his dad tells him, you know, kind of what all this is about, and she's right outside the courthouse, and hey, you want to go get an ice cream or something? You know, anyway. <laughs> so, before we jump into that, I got to ask you a question because we're doing a podcast the next couple of weeks with, uh, with Sean. You met uh, Squirt and German. Yeah, Sean. Um, he's a big coffee guy. Okay. Like, like super coffee. Like, you get up in the morning, staying over, and he's like, you want coffee? You're like, yeah, 25 minutes later, you have a cup. 
of coffee. Okay? Highly annoying. Right? Well, when I make it drink, it takes a while. If you were know. on my couch, that fucking pot goes off at 640, dude. We you're got coffee go. as soon as you get up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are good to I mean, go. When I was at your place, we got in like Done. four minutes. Good to go. Coffee's like, yeah, <laughs> already brewing. Um, so talk about, because um, you do Cuban coffee, right? And I was telling you about uh, Mimi's in Louisville and how I was going nuts on the sugar cubes and the coffee. Yeah. Um, and then you gave me some coffee. Yeah. That was very good. Like um, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I put it in the filter and then the water ran through and it dripped it upon it, but in the cup. Okay. <laughs> That's the fanciness of my coffee. So good. Okay. Yeah. I know. It's, it's it's an awesome stainless steel coffee, but it looks real pretty, you know, whatever. But that's all that it does. Um so talk about talk about Cuban coffee and especially how you do it with cigars. Um, so we can preface this into when we get to his, you know, he's gonna have one of these weird stations Soyver's yeah. got there where it's like you put the beans in here. And then we're going to run to this waterfall, and the waterfall is going to fall onto the beans, and then we're going to sit it over a fire naked for seven days, and then on Sunday you'll have a cup of coffee. You know what? Sometimes that stuff, those processes are pretty damn good. That sounds like old Tuesday. Fuck, <laughs> dude. Yeah, until you pull it out. We've been drinking all day. All day. You guys have a cocktail? Yeah. So you don't pour anything. <coughs> 45 minutes later. Yeah, but. Okay, it's ready. Come watch. Watch what? Put it in the glass. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Come on. <laughs> Well, you'll see on Saturday. It's a. Oh, I, actually, I, have a water. I have a. Sorry. I have a steam spin coffee maker and an espresso. And, you know, I can grind my shit down and whatever, but I mostly do a steam uh, spin coffee maker and I've got the Hawaiian coffee. Um, I can't think of it, but it's like a. Um, flavorful and it's in kind of a loose little bag cup and you put it in there and pop it in there and it's spinning and it's fantastic the flavor is amazing an espresso you guys have heard of the espresso machines right no no hunch never (laughs) well i mean do you have one yeah oh really yeah so you get the pods and all that yeah isn't there one here no oh yeah i mean i think they're I don't we know what you guys are doing, but I mean, man, that's, those are fantastic. Usually in a couple of minutes, you're ready to go. Yeah. Cubans use like a, it's not really like an electric espresso machine. We call it a cafeteria. So it's like a stovetop uh, espresso maker. So nothing about it. It's like mechanical or anything, but it's got like a screw on thing. You put it in the water and it's not like an espresso maker, like an electric one where it gives you like the right level. You pretty much just have to do it like by hand. But Cubans like uh, pot coffee is like the American way. That's just like not a thing like where I'm from. Uh, my mom is from Georgia, so yeah, she made pot coffee. But uh, like my dad's side of the family, we call it cafeteria. We always use that. And uh, when I was really young, my grandmother used to do this. She used to make coffee not in a cafeteria, but like in a sauce pot. And she used to put coffee beans in a sock and let it steep in the water and then add the milk in there and like like a witch like put like stir it around like a potion and then get a ladle and serve it that way but there's all kinds fire. of different ways they do it but um we call it like capricorn leche too like two uh, shots of espresso and like a ton of milk so really like capricorn leche is kind of like something that cubans will drink like uh after dinner that's another spanish thing people say oh you got to drink coffee in the morning Cubans always, always, always drink espresso right after they eat. 
And I always eat late too. So I did too. I, I love it. It doesn't keep me up either. No, it it helps me go to sleep, yeah, to be honest 100%. with you. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so I've got, been going to Key West now five, six times. I don't know, maybe 10. And there's a little place on the southernmost that serves Cuban coffee. Do they give you the little tiny shot glasses? Hell no. It's like in a styrofoam cup and it's dark. Is it dark? (laughs) It is heavy Cuban coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even, you know, forget the sugar shit. You you can't even get that shit sweet. It's heavy and dark and gets you going. Most of them use like sugar, but uh, another way like my grandma used to do it is you make espresso. You should get a can of condensed milk and you let the spoon sit in it and when you pull it out, just condensed milk. It's already naturally sweet, you know what I mean? And we just drink shot after shot of that all day, man. It'll keep you wired. So, all right, right on. so let, before we jump on, I was down in Florida and had this guy, he's making these cocktails wherever we're in this really high-end bar. And I keep, he's reaching over and grabbing this little black thing and sucking on a silver straw really are Nate <laughs> and I'm like hey hey bro what the hell are you sipping on and he goes Manti and he's sipping out of a gourd and he's doing Manti which is uh, tea the um, um, I guess the Cowboys um, I don't know that y'all used to drink it and I go can I have a sip of it? and it was fantastic but it's in a gourd and you pour this like powdery tea in there and you pour hot water in it and then the straw actually has like a filter on the end of the silver straw and he goes wow it's he goes when you get into the manti shit he goes you're good buddy you you go for a day on this shit it's manti tea out of a gourd a manti gourd you never heard of it never heard of that no i didn't either yeah and i'm like well man i really like that idea that'd be great because i was like get off the coffee try something different and um so he ended up giving me his gourd and they had such a history behind it anyway so i'm experimenting with that but how much you put in there and getting you it's like kind of learning how to use a pipe how to use that gourd with the right amount of tea with a filter and whatever and i've tried it and the tea is okay but whatever he had was a little more sweet um, with, with no sweeteners, right? Yeah. Just the tea, whatever the tree or whatever they're getting it from or whatever region was better. So I'm going to have to text him and find out. But uh, I've been really trying to do that a little slowly. I've done it like three times. you got to spit a lot of it out at the beginning <laughs> to kind of get it yeah. just where it's flowing right. And you pour a little more hot water into the gourd or whatever. But um, it's a zing-zang. Yeah. So I, mean, I have to keep you abreast of that. And I know like espresso, like the quality of like how your coffee is is actually pressure based so like i was saying you know most like when you go to starbucks right they put the coffee grounds in the thing before they turn it in they have this little tamper and what that does is it sets the the perfect level of espresso and you'll see a pressure gauge if you are off in the pressure it can actually make your coffee super bitter so if you ever gone to hey can i have like a cappuccino at a restaurant and even with cream and sugar you're tasting it and you're like man that's like bitter as shit they put way too much grounds in it. So what Cubans call it is the culada. Like when they pour espresso, there's actually like this natural foam just from the coffee, no sugar, no cream that comes out. And if you achieve that when you're brewing your espresso, that's like the optimal way to do it. Too much or too little, 
ruined your, your coffee experience. And that's probably across the board with espressos and coffee through all kinds of different regions. Everybody's got their pot coffee. You put too much in there, it's weird. It's nasty. It's like motor oil. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, so I'm a little weird. So I do I don't really know. I fill as old shit, but I fill the skirt. I call it a skirt. That coffee filter. Yeah. I skirt. fill it up and I only make yeah. five cups at a time. Yeah. Like so does that make the coffee stronger? Less water, more uh, grounds? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, and I yeah. fresh I fresh grind my, my coffee. So I use bean and I grind oh, yeah, it. That's good stuff. Which I heard that was better. So yeah. that's, okay. yeah. that's as bougie as I get. Yeah. It's a four dollar grinder for me. I was not even one second. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's like good. a weekend kind of yeah, coffee. Yeah, not yeah, like I gotta get the hell out of here. I'm gonna grind my shit. I have to get up a half an hour early. to grind it all in advance and that kind of thing too. Like I was in uh, but Mark, it's no different than making a homemade cocktail, right? Like, oh, it well, took 15 minutes for you so, to make that coffee? Well, yeah, but, if I'm going to cut fruit and... But there's, yeah. but there's other, yeah, but see, the, the craft cocktails, there's, 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 there's a value in it. But also, say, for example, the, our thing on Saturday, this is, this is where, like, no, being able to, to prepare in advance makes a huge difference because because then, then, then it's all set up and, 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 and what we're talking about is, is, is just all, all, right, all, no, all, of, all the prep work is already done in advance. So like, I, as you were talking about it, I was thinking about, um, I, I, w- I went to this bazaar in uh, I, I did Zimbabwe and this guy's making um, Arabic beans, you know, as, as, as fresh as, as, as it gets. And he has he has this this uh, um, this frying pan the shape that I I'd never seen before and he, and he has a wood wood burning fire and he, he's roasting the beans then then then, then he grinds them and, and you know and he, he 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 pours this cup and it was amazing I I, I loved it and I was so excited about, about about how good this coffee was that I was thinking fuck I want to do exactly that at home and he's like well I'll, I'll sell you my frying pan and a bunch of green beans and 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 I, and I thought wait a minute. I, there is. There will never be a, a Sunday morning that I want to get up and build a fire and go through all that. So I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Wow. All right. How are the smokes? Excellent. Excellent. So we've all moved on to the USIR. This right, one is right, much no. milder for me. Really? Well, I'm just in body. Like in, in body. Um. In everything. I mean. I haven't retrohaled it yet. Okay. okay. I mean, I like this. I like the the abundance of. I get a lot of wood, and there's a lot of spices in it. And when I'm saying spice, I'm not talking pepper. There's a lot of. You can call it basil, oregano, call it. There's yeah. In the retrohale, I get a that lot a of bit. it. It's, Thank it, God this for the is just a bold. I I enjoy. It's not bold like overpowering cigar, but it's got a lot of. Hot points of flavor that bounce around in it that I really, really enjoy. I really like it. And in this size, it's more pro- pronounced too. The more detailed finish through the Bellicoso, it files in at one point. I think it's, I don't know, it's my jam. That and Fourth Dimension. We'd be smoking Fourth Dimension, we just don't have any. So, so we're not smoking Fourth Dimension. It's a good thing. So, alright, let's do this. You have fun. All right, so uh, Jack Daniels 2021 Single Barrel Koi Hill. 
Uh, I say 144, he's saying 141. I don't know. It's 141. Yeah. Are you sure? 100% positive. Anything over 130 is insane. Yep. I stared at that model yeah. just looking it's at It's crazy, death. though, just on the yeah. nose. You wouldn't ever think this is... Some fat ports too, but it sure doesn't on the nose feel like it's that hot. Uh, maybe you just pour light. 141. I pour light when it's 141. <laughs> well, you know what? We're gonna do it. So, uh, Ryan, do you want to smell it? I would love so to, I can nose it. Yeah, Here. that's literally how I base like when I'm nose. trying to pair. And remember, away with your mouth open and kind of trade your nostrils and move your around. Mouth open. Leave your mouth open a little bit. Yeah. That way, you use your entire palate. You're breathing through it, not just burning everything in your nose. But you know, I've I've been places like that. There was a guy floral. I mean, I think I it would think smells. It been, like my nose would be burning the way. You I think guys it smells good. Honestly, it is much more open. Is it? It's much more open. Oh, it's not as just fucking fire and shit. No, I didn't find any like it didn't burn that bad. It's been good. So I, 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 I was I was I, no, I, was, I, was, I was somewhere there and the and the guy was just uh was, was you know camel. Cheers. Surprisingly, on the nose, I didn't get a lot of heat on the nose. It was florally and a lot of floral notes. And <laughs> that's a now it is very Elijah Barrel proofy. Yeah, it's nose. much sweeter now. I'll give it that. Let me say, cherry bomb. This is yes. going straight from yes. the left nostril. I, think I was going to say uh, uh, red uh, like, sweet tart. It's like cherry syrup. Yeah, it's like it's almost like yeah. artificial it's cherry. Very much better. I will tell you this. So we did open the bottle and take the first pour of it. It didn't numb my tongue immediately. Yeah, when we hit it the first time. Tongue or at all? Uh, this is much better. Yeah, much better. And that. But I will tell you, it does wash the cigar completely away. So this, oh, yeah. this bad gone. pairing, bad pairing. Yeah, good, yeah. Don't do this. <laughs> so Jake, no, nothing against you guys. The cigar is great. Also, this is bad. Um, it lingers on the tongue too. So that, that's the difficult part too. You know what I think my problem is with this lingers bottle? Lingers on my gums. That's, where, that's, <laughs> that's where what I'm getting ready to get at. <laughs> and this, now it's right here. This is very good. It's much sweeter. I mm -hmm. do like this now. Mm -hmm. Cherry bomb, I think, is great. Like you said, it's, it's very flavorful and sweet. But this thing hanging out in my teeth tastes like Jack Daniels. And I'm not excited about any of that. But, you know, I don't get that. At all. I don't either. I don't get that. I think it's so hot, it just all. kicks all the Jack Daniels out. Oh, crazy, man. You know how uh, gentleman is it gentleman Jack? Mm -hmm. Gentleman Jack has that syrupy kind of leather overtone to it. Tasting. Oh my gosh. Mm. 
or I just have such a deep hatred for Jack Daniels. Doesn't matter what you do. It, I think it's you have a deep hatred because I don't get any of that. I want to know. I had far too many horrible nights with that dude. We all had to get over it. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm still. We're, we're still important. <laughs> what was that Jack and? They, they had like those little bottles of Jack and Cherry Coke or some shit. You God, know what Jack Daniels was actually those were very awesome. good. Did you ever have any of the Sinatra stuff? I don't know. That stuff is very good. We got it the house. I wonder how very close, what I was going to say is I wonder how close that was to the the Jack that, that Sinatra enjoyed. Every time I've had a chance to try it, I've always found something that I wanted to try more. Right. So there lies, there lies the problem with Jack Daniels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can see a Jack Daniels 100% distilled by Heaven Hill made in Kentucky and next to its new Elijah Craig. You'd be like, ah, yeah. no, yeah, let's yeah. go there. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. But I do want to. I will say the color of that is so deep. And, yeah, it's incredible. Almost like a deep mica color. It's like a rich mahogany. <laughs> rich mahogany. It's a very well-finished wood. Try. <laughs> um, you're going to have another jaguar? You're going to hop in? I need to eat first. Okay, <laughs> we'll get some food, man. Yeah. We got a we got a little bit of time left to hang out. I'm gonna smoke that Mahasian that salad on that. There you go. Yeah, that is really. It's, it's got an amazing color to it. I will say it is much better this time than it was the first pour out of the bottle, which tends to happen, but it's not nearly. I don't know this is a loaded question, but what what determines color? Is that a loaded question? <laughs> Probably from the barrel, you know. Time the, and wood density of grain, type of grain used, and admit what to type some of barrel color. stuff like that. Yeah. And char level versus if it's a reuse or fresh use or all of that. And a lot of times you'll get a similar color out of that. With I'm really surprised with this because it's because it's a port. Typically, ports are going to embark a lot more of a rich red color into it, whereas this one really doesn't. Uh, the barrel, uh, the barrel really doesn't. But uh, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that. that was interesting. Um, but like, but in the with, description, with port, they're I, I, saying it is like the beginning. I expect to see this of a port. It's their lightest introduction into the port. So maybe yeah, that's why. Yeah, it must be a much. Because I've never seen a ruby port, but it's probably it probably is a ruby color. That's probably why they call it that. Uh, and I don't have a whole lot of experience with port wines. I don't know that I've had a down, lot. Of ports, are, ports are almost black. Yeah, yeah. Down, oh, I know Dalmore. that. Right. Red. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dalmore Scotch has a port finish that the liquid is purple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've they have also have King Alexander, which is like this black cherry know. color. Liquid. It's just yeah, down more port. Like you can't, you take your, you take, you can't take. If you're holding the bottle, you can't take your phone this way. You can somewhat see the light coming through. Well, double barrels that way too. That might be the, the tautness of the glass, though. Could it? Because how stumpy they made the glass. Port is normally sold in, 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 in black. Yeah, I'm just doing the podcast so, right the, now, but but for Ruby. Yeah, I'll just. It usually you know, comes up because it's based on or whatever. I be there in the morning. Right, so right. be there. It's like spicy food. You just you have to wait a while before you take right, it. I'll see you then. Okay. All right, let's stop. <laughs>
I like what you said there. Hmm. Say that again. I said it's like spicy food. You have to you have to wait a minute before you can have another yeah. bite of it. True curry. You just eat a bite, you know, yeah. fuck with the rice a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. A light beer, have another bite. It reminds me of a dish I had yesterday, Taco Tuesday, right? I took, yeah, right. I took Allie to to a Mexican restaurant to have some, some Mexican food, and I had a I had a chimichanga, but I asked them for, it's a, you ever been a tequila? Yeah. Yeah, they have, a, they have a spicy sauce there that you pretty much have to ask for. Um, but I, I usually get it, and they give you a big old thing of it, but you can only, I only ever eat like a couple <laughs> teaspoons of it. You need this much, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I smothered my, my chimney in that, and you know, exactly like you just said, I would, I would take a bite of it, and then I would go and get some, uh, you know, get some lettuce or some some rice after to, to kind of mellow it back down and then once once all the pain subsided then i would go in for another bite yeah that's how, that's how i'm treating this whiskey <laughs> well that's fun i get that but what's yeah. funny is like i that's enjoy it's an enjoyable pour for me i don't mm-hmm. really get if somebody told me that was uh the proof that it is i wouldn't guess that now when well, he, never get he likes food. Little Book, when I have that, I don't know what, on average, the Little Book between is. One, between, I think the lowest end is 124. TJ, what's up, I mean, that I seems hot as hell to me, Little Book. Uh, between, between like, I think their lowest offering is one, I think it's a 120. It's either 124 up to 136. Yeah, but that's, I, I just, I don't get that from that. It's pretty smooth, I think. I will, I will say a little bit does come. Little bit can come in pretty, uh, pretty potent. It seems potent in, in anything that we usually try. For me, I've only tried little book. I only tried one batch of little book, and it was, it was excessively hot. It should oh, you be like badass book or bad bookie, badass bookie. I pulled chapter five out at my birthday. Um, oh, you try them all. I got one through. I got them all. Really? Yeah. I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I love it. I love it. Like, I think it's the step up from Booker's. I, I really think it is. I think it's the... Everyone... I'm the only one I know that drinks it. Anytime I pull the bottle out and with everyone. And we drink all... It's not like any of us drink any lower proof proof product. Right? We, uh... You some tar? I'm pulling tar out of this. Yeah. Um, do this. Come down about a maybe eighth of an inch on it and give it a cut. And pull your saliva away from the top of the cap. Yeah, Are you pulling was... pretty hard through that? The smoke it? Are you pulling pretty hard? Yeah, yeah. it's got a little bit yeah. of a So, what's, what you're doing when that That's happens? That's funny you're because actually I'm getting the same up. damn thing right now. I'm getting you a lot of tar around it. Don't put your tongue one. on it. That's why I just did you put, your, you put your tongue on that, that water's going to taste like that. That whiskey will taste like it that. Is. And whatever you're eating later is going to taste like that. It just happened as you said something. Yeah. Just take a little. Little. Do not, do not get insane when you cut it, but just cut a little bit off. Try and get down to the dry point of the tobacco. Well, let me see your cutter, please. I don't think Hodge wants to swap spit with me, but I know you don't uh, mind. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I got ruined to cut. That's yeah. so weird. I just tasted that about the exact it, time. So it's some, sometimes you can't help it. And Ryan, jump in on this. If you had any experience, I know you've had experience with Tariado. I know you've had it with an Opus. I know you've had it. Okay. Uh-huh. So sometimes you just can't help it. Oh, interesting. Um, certain fermentation levels on tobacco. Same. 
when heat hits it, moisture of your webs, it's gonna create the, the, the torrent, right? And basically what that is, that's oils that are leaving the tobacco. Meeting with the heat, the moisture creates, it's liquid nicotine, basically, is what you're getting to, pulling from the tobacco. That's crazy. Um, there have been multiple times where I've seen it, and uh, I know everyone's done this, I went like that, and I was like, oh, yeah. It will literally <laughs> nuke your palate yeah. for a good four to six hours. Ooh. You won't taste anything. Like, you just, everything is bland. It's just off. It's no, it was a great call. It's smoking a lot better now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of the things that I do. If anytime, especially if something's drawing hard, try and save it. If you can't save it, I'm honestly I'm not one of these weirdos that uses those fucking pokers. Like, no, I, I can't. you are not going to move enough tobacco out of the way. No. To, no, if it's not breathing, again, I'll say it again. The beauty of a handmade item, something's bound to be messed up. Yeah. Right? I just massaged it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Sometimes you can. Sometimes oh, if you cut it, it's a little tight. Yeah, it's better. Moving through better. it, just work it out. You'll be fine. But. I know you've messed around with, with tar. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was saying, like the, what they were talking about, like the guide on how to cut that cigar is very finicky. And I, I, I'm like, I love a bellicosa, but to be honest with you, I tend to cut lower than a lot of people do just because I like a lot of airflow. But my problem is, is I smoke too fast, especially when I'm enjoying the cigar. So like mm -hmm. these, these Herbert Spencer's, anything from Jake White, I literally have to stop myself from smoking so fast because they taste so good. And the Opus is the same thing. I mean. Obviously, like for me, like when I let something sit in the humidor and you forget about it for a little bit, I don't get as much tar. It kind of like, you know, I mean, it gets crusty, you know what I mean? The oils dissipate. And, uh, but when I really like a cigar, I, I'll experience tar. Because yeah. I, I am clown for that yeah. fucking thing. When I first started trying the Tatuaje, I think it was, or excuse me, the Atelier La Mission. Yeah. First time I had that, I was like, this tastes like a chocolate bar. But, Towards the end of tart because I'm like smoking it. Like well, that, that, that's yeah, a good point. That. That's a good point to say too. I should we shouldn't just classify that as if it's not drawing and you're pulling hard. Two things happen, and like that's actually really cool. I think we ever talked about that. I kind of just bypass because people tend to slow down. If you're smoking incredibly fast, when your ash falls off, you're gonna have that like needle point of just fire right just that big glowing yeah, yeah torque and torque and torque and your tongue will always be hot right when you're smoking a cigar your mouth shouldn't be hot right <laughs> there's distance in the cigar the smoke is cooling it's not an active flame there's an ember and you're pulling through it to enjoy it but if you just torque through it you know uh, that actually brings up memories you used to, i remember when uh when asylum was being pushed huge by euro before he got into his cle stuff at their events they used to have fastest smoke time on a 770 and longest ash on a 770 right i think you were at one didn't i do one i did do one yes i did and uh you would see that a lot of people they'd have fingers because they would you they wouldn't know right i mean and i don't think anybody who smokes i'm darn asylum for the flavor especially when you're up to a 770 or 880 oh, Christ. i think you're yeah. just you have a weird mouth fascination and you're just enjoying yourself and whatever <laughs> uh but at that point you would i've seen people do it they'll just go like this they go like that or go like this onto a napkin terrible. and you'll see a napkin with, with, with look, looks like diaper streaks man like people wiping wow. it out and just I keep mean, torquing keep smoking I did a oh, house cutter in bleach one time because there was a guy smoking at 8 by 80 Asylum, right? He's got maybe two inches left of this thing, so the end of this is just dripping in tar, like dripping. This guy skips this thing in the house cutter, the tabletop house cutter. Dude, I had to put on like gloves, a mask, 
it was like black tar liquid that was like sitting at the bottom of it. And the amount of tar, I've never seen that ever. But of course, you know, the dimension, how big it is. Well, yeah. Like, more but he had to be holding on to it, yeah, but, like just enjoying that's something. Not, and he stuck his mouth in in the but damn I, house. Yeah, but I think that's the uh, yeah. That's the that's the misconception about about, about girth. I mean, we, there, there, when I was at, at Local Tour the first time. Where are you taking this conversation? Well, <laughs> the girth fits girth. <laughs> No misconception on girth. Uh, well, let me uh, tell you, there's no misconception on girth, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. like so the steak. so the guy, this, this guy, they're they're telling me about how uh, they they did they did an event with Skip Martin at La Couture, and uh, the guy showed up with with a femur. Femur, yeah. But but this thing had been handled by all of his buddies for the last like two years, and it had some damage, and so he thought that by bringing it to the event, that they might repair it for him. And then, like, <laughs> Martin will tell you. He said it numerous times. Anyone that bought this cigar is an idiot. I made it as a gaff, and for some reason, we don't have any more. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. It's crazy. Man. It literally is a hundred and so it's fourteen inches long and nine inches in diameter. Ten inches in diameter. I think the ring gauge is like a five hundred. Lord, that thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Why? Man, it's that long. Yeah. It's, nice. it's in a coffin. It says femur. It's like an elephant femur. <laughs> Put it this way. The only one that Skip Martin kept is in his shop in Austin, Texas, on a wall open. It's been sitting there since they was rolled. It's like a it's like a, a portrait, like sitting on a mantle on a wall. Yeah. Jesus. Why would you buy that? I don't know. I would. Yeah. Alright. Well, it's been fun with Jake White. I have enjoyed this. The cigars are great. Got to look into getting this uh, cutter and lighter set. Badass. The one we've been looking at. Yeah, got to get into that. Um, I do want, and Dave, if you want, if you want to kind of do a side pour, do you want to pour your bottle and say what's up about it? So I'm going to try that before yeah, we go. Sure, we want some. I got some announcements I want to make, got some events coming up and stuff like that, but yeah, I'm in. I just want to try his, uh, yeah, my stuff. Alright, so like I said, I'll have y'all let me know what you think the proof is on it. But beside that, it's, uh, I think that, uh, you know, with a whiskey that's aged not very long, like this is, a year, maybe, but it's in a five-gallon barrel, right? So if you know anything about aging, you, you understand that in a smaller barrel, it's going to age much faster. Mm -hmm. So it's probably the equivalent of, like, and you might have seen those charts that tell you, like, oh, one year in a five-gallon barrel is like 10 years in a 52-gallon barrel. That's not right. Um, not right at all. Uh, there's no substitute for maturity, right? There's no substitute for time. But it does age a little bit quicker. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm sure they'll figure that out. Well, there's, out. A, there's, a, there's a guy who... The Lost Spirits Distillery... 
he's a chemist and is is. I know. Uh, well, that's why I'm saying he's. Is that Vegas? I said yeah. It is now. It, he he actually began in uh, Salinas, California, and then moved it down to L.A. and then now Vegas. But uh, um, I I. There's all kinds of ways. There's, there's I, 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 and there's Well, yeah, he, he has he has a uh, he, he has he, he developed a machine that that, that um, a machine. It it, it, it uses uh, like so you really where the 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 Bouche de Nouveau, the, the wine that that um, it's it's usually produced in, in uh, it's released in November. Um, it, it's like the first of the harvest. They use carbonic maceration, so they, they, they pile the grapes in, 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 a, in a concrete chamber and, and, and to, to, to kind of force a, a really quick fermentation. He, he's basically using um, a, a pressurized chamber with oak to, 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 to um, artificially extract the, 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 the oak essence right. when he's producing it. That part, I, I agree with that you can speed up, but you can't speed up time. Right? There's a certain decomposition that happens. There's a certain breakdown that happens to ethanol just over time, period. Sure. Just by sitting in, you can sit in a glass jar, it doesn't have to be in oak. Sure. And, and it will change over time. That's why uh, that's why Mark just said that with this Jack Daniels, uh, the first time he had it, it was straight ethanol, but now he actually enjoyed the flavor because it opened up, it had a little bit of oxygen added to it, and then, and then sealed back up, and then it sat for a little bit, and well, now it completely changed the flavor. But, but I mean, there, there's also zero uh, main distilleries in, in, in Kentucky that, that, that have given up the, the, the whole rickhouse concept mm -hmm. I mean they, they, they firmly believe in, 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 in the, the process where the, the, the barrel constricts and and you know the, 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 the changes in, in, in temperature and season of the summer and the, in, in the winter and, right. and even the position in the rickhouse so his his, his his scientific method kind of ignores some of those principles mm, right. Like I said, there's all kinds of people experimenting. I experience my my extent of experimenting has been uh, using chips. I used uh, I put chips. This doesn't have chips in it, but um, one, one of my first batches, I only had a gallon, so I was like, all right, well, I'll use chips instead to kind of speed up that process a little bit. Turned out all right. Is that because of uh, more um, surface area? Yeah, yeah, more surface area, and I mean. The, the chips just got saturated immediately because they're thin, you know. Um, whereas with the barrel, with staves, it takes time for that for the ethanol to actually penetrate through the entire stave. Um, so anyway, with this, I knew I knew it was going to be young. With all young whiskeys, usually get a little bit sweeter flavor. You're going to taste more of that corn, right? So it, I knew I was going to have a little bit of sweetness on it because of that. So. I backed off on the amount of corn that I used, so this only has 60% corn, whereas a lot of bourbons will be like in the 70s, you know. Um, so I backed down to 60% corn on this, and then uh, I was going rye heavy, but rye is actually extremely hard to work with, and whenever 
you know, I'm working with uh, not a whole lot of equipment. Uh, Are you using a pot still? Do what? A pot still? Yeah, but I'm talking about fermenting. I'm fermenting in a barrel, right? Um, so you, with, with rye, you get a lot of foam. So I love rye, so I wanted a higher rye content, but I couldn't go super high rye content. But I also love the uh, like the cereal grain flavor you get from the malt. So I went a little bit heavier on malt, uh, and then the rest was rye. So 60% corn, 23% malt, and 17% uh, 17, 17 rye. Um, so that's what that's what I made with this. I've never seen a Nashville like it. Um, the uh, the white dog is actually actually pretty ridiculously good. Um, aged it a little bit, like I said, about a year in a five gallon barrel, and that's what this is. Good campfire whiskey. Yeah. Really good campfire whiskey. No one's tried it. Extremely smooth. Um, I'm still finishing my other one. I haven't had anything. Coy Hill's got him fucked up. I can't remember if you've had this bad. That's really better. sweet on the nose, though. Oh, like I said, it, it is. Yeah. It is sweet. That's why I expect cut back on cereal the, grain on the comes through on it. Huh? Yeah, it's got a lot of cereal grain in it. And a little bit of that rice spice in there. What's too. the proof? Do you, you tell me. Oh, okay. That's. I like playing that game with it. Because nobody gets it right. I think I know it. Yeah. You know it. Ninety-eight. Uh-huh. Is this mine? Whose is this? Yeah, that's yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is sweet. It's good. Sweet and grainy. Sweet and grainy. Sweet and A little and bit syrup. of spice. Yeah. Tiny bit of spice. I really want more spice. Yeah. That'll be in the next batch. I think I'm going to flop those numbers on the next batch. I'm going to do 23 rye and 17 malt. I don't know. I think it's more bodied up and it's lower proof. I don't know. 86, 90. What do you think, Hodge? This is that, guess the age of my Lajero, my cigar question. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How old is this again? Yeah. I don't know. I If I was going to guess, I would say it's pushing right at a, like 98, 99, somewhere in there. There's just a little bit of heat, but it ain't much. You think it's just under 100? I think so. I'm trying to show. Got a third guess coming. <laughs> say something like 125. <laughs> what do you say, like under, right under 90? Is that what yeah, you said? Right. I'd say it's between 86 and 92. It's right there. So. Can I guess? No, you know. God, I'm so happy this thing's working. And this is what I love about. Because there is a little heat on it, but and not probably much. not the best. I tried to coming off of one forty one, but right. you know, whatever. <laughs> right, I know that, that. I was like, man, it's really gonna skew it, but that's fine. But uh, I uh, I really love this about 
home distilled spirits. Yeah. Because it's take a whole lot of time on a very little amount, you know, a very right. small product, and you can really focus it a little bit more. So why'd you pull that out? What do you think? Ninety six. It's one twenty one. Really? Didn't I say something stupid like 125? Yeah. Really? It's 121. Yeah, that's crazy. It's good. It is crazy, right? Because we've talked about that with Booker's, you know, the four that they put out every year. And they're about 128. That's pretty muted. Some of them are just can't believe it's 128. We just can't believe it. It's pretty muted because most most big distilleries squeeze every little bit they can out of their product. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if we're talking that's uh, very true. Buffalo yeah. Trace or if we're talking Michters or you know, they're all going to squeeze every little bit they can out. I take just the hearts, just the hearts. I mean, if you know anything about distillation, you got you know your your tails, your hearts, and your heads. Yeah. And your four shots. Obviously, I use my four shots for uh, fun, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I completely eliminate the heads. I completely eliminate the tails. Absolutely eliminate the tails. They're gross. Um, but the, the heads are what give you that little bit of heat. And you just if you just take them out, it's not that much. You just take them out completely instead of adding a, a few ounces here and there of it. Then you you you're left with this still extremely high proof product that tastes. Incredible and it's incredibly drinkable. So you eliminate it, but that's you, amazing. You, you, you reuse it and, and you re- distill it and, and reuse it. The heads I do, the four shots I I capture all the four shots and I'll use them. I'll, I'll sterilize my equipment with them, and because they're I mean they're 170, it's 180 ethanol. Yeah, right. ethanol. I mean it, it will kill any bacteria on site. Right. Um, I use it to whenever whenever we have the uh, the COVID lockdown in early 2020, I was using them to wipe down all my groceries with because I was worried about, but I was worried about Allie because she had asthma. Right, right, yeah. So I was using my four shots to wipe everything down. I was using it to disinfect everything. It's a disinfectant. Well, natural, that's, natural that's disinfectant. fantastic at 121. I wouldn't change that at all. At all. That's great. Yeah, I watered it down. To drink, to drink like that and just feel that it's so low. Does it feel, I mean, I know it's yours, but does it mm-hmm. feel 121 to you when you drink it? No. I tried it and I was like, oh, That's always baby. a fun, skewed question, right? Yeah. Like, I know it's yours, you know? Yeah. Do you feel that it, that it does it smoke this way? That's why does I said this, this is a, this is a pass around and get fucked up. <laughs> is what this yeah. is. I'm gonna need a bottle of that. Because it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor. It really doesn't, because it didn't sit in a, you know, it didn't sit in a 52 gallon barrel for, for a decade. Oh, right? there's flavor to it. There's, it there's looks oh, yeah, young yeah. though, when you see it. It looks young because the color is, well, yeah, it is it's young. not as amber. Yeah, it right. looks like it's just starting to tan. But yeah. it doesn't yeah. taste like that. It does taste a little older than what the color. And that's just because it was in a smaller barrel. It got to right. extract a lot more yeah. flavor from the wood. Well, good job, man. Yeah, it's I really yeah, good. I can't wait to fill a 52. Yeah. That really. is fantastic. But it's Are you really looking to, to do barrel stuff? Years. Like, if, if we can get you barrels, can you do barrel stuff? Smaller barrels. You know, oh, I mean. Like secondary finishing and things? 
could if I can just get around to, to do some, sorry, <laughs> to do some distilling. Yeah, okay. If I can do some distilling, then maybe, but I haven't done it in like a year. Yeah. So, so what do you, you do on a regular day, day basis? So you're just staying at home, making all this good... Uh, That's what I said, I haven't, I haven't touched it in a year, so oh. I haven't done anything. I need to get back to it. All right, I want to throw something out to these guys real quick. So you guys all remember Al McAuliffe, right? Yeah. Uh, you remember Al, you met him, you met Al. Uh, we've got an event at Lit on the 15th. From 6 to 9, Al will be here in the ever luxurious Jared. I know you're listening. So, uh, Captain Marvel himself will be here for the event. Oh, no, what did I call him? Captain Wino Marvel? Wino Marvel, yeah. I call him Captain Chester. Well, that's uh-huh. it, yeah. He is, uh, actually, if you, have you seen, you guys watch Stranger Things? Yeah. No, have you seen season four? No. No, okay. Well, do you remember Murray from Stranger Things? No. The kind of code breaker dude? No. Okay, because, you know, the show is based from the right. 70s into the 80s. Should have been watching Jared it for looks a like year Murray. or so. <laughs> just, just look up Murray from Stranger Things and you'll all have, everyone will giggle at the same time. It'd be great. Murray? Murray, yeah. It's Stranger Things. Murray. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle up. of season three right now. Look him up. He's there. He's there. Oh, yeah. But in Murray, Stranger Things, and everybody laughed together. It'd be sure you're not talking about Bob? Nope, it's Murray. Um, but yeah, so Al will be here with Jared. We've got uh, pretty. <laughs> I can tell you. So Al will be here with Jared. We've got a solid McAuliffe rollout. Uh, same ashtrays, new improved uh, travel humidors. Uh, they humidor. look. <laughs> we gotta print that. They out for look. Um, huh? We gotta print that out for him. Yeah. I will text him as soon as I'm done talking. Um, <laughs> Events going on. We're gonna have stick specials, uh, box specials, everything like that from six to nine on the 15th. I believe that's next Wednesday. Um, so this will go out tomorrow morning. So it'll be Thursday when you hear this. Following Wednesday the 15th, uh, from six to nine with Al McAuliffe and Jared from McAuliffe Cigars. Uh, I think we've got a bit of the core line stuff. We have some Matafina. Uh, I know we have some Lianda number one. I do believe there are some A's in there. Um, some giveaways, some swag, stuff like that. Uh, so come down here, meet Al, hang out. That'll be a lot of fun. I know you guys have met him before. You know who he is. Um, you'll meet him. You'll meet him. And then uh, Thursday the 16th with Clara Noble, we have our Angels Envy tasting going on from 6 to 9. That'll be um, so that'll be fun. Um, Angels Envy, for those of you who don't know, is new to Lit by about a quarter now. I think it came in in February. Um, so come out. I think we're going to be doing the obviously the port finish, regular release, Angels Envy. We're going to be doing the rye. Couldn't tell you what else. Okay. Yep. And uh, there'll be Angels Envy there. So come out for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, this Saturday, we have the Craft Imperial event, AP Cigar, at the Rosewood Heights location for AP. Um, that marks the second Craft Imperial Cigar event. And then Sunday on the 12th is the grand opening of AP Cigars in Alton, Illinois, with a big car show. Sid, thank you so much for taking the Lambo down there. Um, not that it hurts you at all. You're going to have a great time. That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, that's it. Saturday, we've got custom cocktails being made by the Mad Russian. Just look for the beacon beakers and you know science shit, and there's a drink at the end of it. I promise. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. So, 
Uh, Jake Wyatt was great today, I think. I really do. Did you guys prefer the USIR or the Appendix 2? I like the Appendix 2, I think, better. I think, I, think I prefer the USIR. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't got to tell me it's for the other one. You don't got to tell him that. Just good man. <laughs> I like this one better, but I like the format of the other one. I, I, yeah. I, I, I actually really don't like the torpedo tip. Uh, it's not. Cool, it's not. Bella Cosa tip. That's what I'm sorry. Great. Oh, this man. That's yours, big guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank you. Hey, poor everybody. Now I find it. See how he does that? He said, let me get a drink of it first. <laughs> um. Ryan, what's your favorite Jake Wyatt product? I know you've oh. been able to smoke. You've smoked some of the LEs and stuff like that. Or, I think he calls them S's. S's? LEs. LEs. LEs? Figurados, yeah. Figurados. Uh, the USAR LE Figurado. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but on that one, the accent is much, much bigger. It's more of like 50 50 ratio. Oh, okay. Not just like a little stripe okay. like the one that you have. So, yeah. Right on. Um, I would say that or any of the Lanceros are really good. I'm not a Candela guy. You smoke that Candela Lancero, it'll blow you something. Yeah. I'll even say that Candela Torres in that five yeah. pack is, is money. It's, awesome. it's yeah, yeah. solid score. Yeah. And if, again, if you know me, you know how I feel about Candela. Yeah. So whatever. Um, yeah, it's been great. We're going to work on getting this uh, lighter and cutter set up because that thing is fantastic. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Fantastic. So we'll see. Um, we're at that point. It just seems so mellow. Everything's so mellow. I don't know. How do you just well, I mean, combined between these two pores, I do believe we're yeah. sitting at 263 yeah. proof. So, you know, 262. Right? 141, 122? It's 121. Point, point one, motherfucker. Give me my three. It's 141.2. Give me my three. Oh and 121.8. Shut up. <laughs> I can't give you decimals. I'm working on an analog hydrometer. Thank you guys uh, from myself. Mahal. Thank you for everything. Podcast has been great today. I'm going to let all of these characters say goodbye. Um, hope to see you guys on Saturday. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure where we'll be next week, but we'll be somewhere. Um, Dave, thank you for the bottle. The whiskey is fantastic, man. That is yeah, awesome. thanks for sharing, man. That so was that's awesome. awesome. That's really, really unique. We're gonna Appreciate sit on that. that for a while and bring that out again later. That's a lot. Well, gonna have one more, but you know, we'll sit on the rest of it later and enjoy that. That was awesome, uh, Ryan. Thank you for sitting in, man. Thanks for having me. Be sure to have you on some more. We're thank gonna you. continue this Jake Wyatt stuff, so it's yeah. been fun. When uh, we'll do an Opus episode, absolutely. Still, but yeah. you got to provide all because I'm not. <laughs> you traded away all your I, I gave, Yeah, I gave all of my 20s away, and I got in six 18 Paniolos, and I got four of the Blackworks Hawaiian exclusives. So I think it was a fair trade. That's a fair trade. Get over it. I'll take that. I'll trade you a Hawaiian. <laughs> so that was fun. Awesome. Thank you, guys. If you guys want to go around, um, Hodge will end with you, and you carry us out, okay? Yeah, sure. All right. Go ahead, Russian. That's what done That's what done yet. Oh, my God, that was. Can you say what, something else? What you hear that? Mm. So he said bye. Okay. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. Man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Means a lot. Yeah, let's do something in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is not Fox News. 
Right, it's can, not uh, embarrassing. Uh, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Let them go. And don't be a Cuban from Miami. You can't come on the show. Don't yeah. that out there. There's no way it's going to happen. <laughs> don't. No. That's what he is. Are we going to do this coffee thing? thing? The, the, the Miami uh, I'm really oh, intrigued by the there. coffee gig. We had did we had talked about doing like a coffee. Yeah, we got to square it up. It might be like Monday morning next week. I don't know. We just got to figure it out. Yeah. We should all get in here like 10 a.m. I'm shit. I got to open we, anyway. We come out here and plug our fucking coffee makers in together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's really right here. I'll start a fire. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, I'll bring a fire pit out here. I'll put it in the back of my truck and set it up right there. Talking about fire. Yeah. That will be hot the rest of the day. Yeah, for sure. Dave? <clears throat> um, Speech. Thanks for inviting me out to act like I know what I'm talking about. Appreciate it. Sounds like well, you, you make a good whiskey, man. I'll give you that. <laughs> start there. I'll Bill Bill's been doing it for years, man. I will invest. Cowboy, carry us out, buddy. Well, listen, man, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. And what a cool uh, afternoon with, like, how many flyovers? 30. We, it always seems like we have something going on in the background. But anyway. Dude, it doesn't matter. We could be in a closet of a building. Yeah. Well, we got private 20 minutes jet in, they'd start doing build. construction oh, yeah. in the closet next door. Yeah. But anyway, listen, we appreciate you guys listening as always. And, man, we'll see you next week. Bourbon Cowboy. Giddy up. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone